Uh, it's cour- courtesy, of course, of our friends at Fox. That's how it sounded last night. The uh, final out is the Orioles were summarily dismissed from the Major League Baseball playoffs, being swept without really bothering to compete in two out of three games. Just what it is, man. Just just what it is. Um, it, it's a bummer. Like, let's not, you know, mix words. It sucks. Today sucks. And we can do all of the, you know, hey, it was a great season and we didn't expect it. And all those things are true. Like, they're not, we're not making them up. It doesn't change how you feel today. And it doesn't change how disappointing it was that they just fell so flat on their faces. Good morning, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, he's Griffin. Drew's not here, and that maybe is for the best. If he just didn't show up at all, I think we'd be all right. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Drew will be here, uh, we, we think, and if he's not, we'll move right along and there'll be no concern, no sweat off my ass. Um, later on in the program... Mike Bordick will join us to put some finishing touches on the season, and we'll start shifting focus. Just the awkward way this works out that uh, today we got to catch up with a couple of folks before they leave for London, as uh, normally we try to like preview the opponent on Friday, but Derek Mason is going to join us today because he's headed to London. Of course, former Ravens wide receiver. He does radio again down in Nashville. He's going to London for the game. And uh, our friend, former Ravens long snapper, current Tennessee Titan, Morgan Cox. One of my favorites. Always love Morgan. It'll be good to catch up with him. We'll do that this morning before they head to um, London as well. So, you know, you know, it's, uh, it's what it is. It's what it is. I... I don't have a big takeaway from last night. We could sit here and say, well, this is, if you want me to do the bit, this is proof they should have started Kyle Gibson. They scored one run. The hell difference was it going to make? You know, yesterday we had Carl Ravage on, and I said, I don't think that what's happened so far is the nature of a team not being ready. I, I think it's just the nature of baseball, and sometimes, sometimes this happens, right? Like, sometimes... It doesn't really matter if you're the better team of the world. I, I don't think the Diamondbacks are definitely a better team than the Dodgers. But look at how that's going. I think we have definitively learned that the Rangers were a better team than the Orioles. I know that's a difficult thing to say because you're going to point out they were the Orioles won 101 games. But I think, and I was t- chatting about this with a couple of folks last night, I I think that we were reminded that going into the season, we genuinely believe the Rangers to be a World Series contender. And it's more kind of goofy how their year played out. The anomaly isn't, to me, what they're doing right now. The anomaly is that they had the regular season that they had. The lineup is loaded. Loaded. 
And we were reminded that throughout the course of this series. And again, if it was just this series, we would say it's an anomaly, but they did the same thing to the Rays. The lineup is bonkers. And if they can get just enough starting pitching, and the Nathan Eovaldi thing is, I, I don't know how to explain it. You think Stan was perplexed talking about it last Friday? I, I think the country is perplexed talking about it. But boy, th- if there's one guy that shows up in the playoffs, it's playoff Nate. Playoff Nate, man, that guy shows up and he shoves. I don't know if they'll have enough pitching, right? Like, I don't Stranger's know. Coming back, I mean, that's true. That's a good point. Maybe they. Oh God, I actually forgotten they're, about they're that. Getting better. That's the funny part. Jesus, he was going nuts. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. He gets to be a part of it. <sighs> yeah. But I think the Rangers, roster-wise, are definitively better than the Orioles were. Which doesn't take anything away from what the Orioles did this season, but I keep coming back to it. I, I, I almost got into a fight with Rita on the postgame show on Sunday because Rita, for whatever reason, is still like a Brandon Hyde truther, and I don't, I just don't get it. I haven't understood it at all. And I, I think it's an old school thing about Rita where she doesn't like tinkering. She doesn't like have. There are people. Remember the conversation, the fight that we got into with the guy the other day who was like, Jorge Mateo's got to be in the lineup. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because. That would have helped. Maybe. I mean, it, I don't know if they're going to be worse. <laughs> because I have accepted that, like, data is real. And, and you don't spit in the face of data in favor of. Yeah, but he he had a good game the other day. Not, not everybody agrees with that. And I can't prove that Jorge Mateo would have sucked last night. But the numbers that he had this season against right-handed pitching suggest he probably would have sucked last night. His two, uh, two of his, what did he have, six home runs on the year? He hit those two, he had two of them in that first series in Texas. Well, so maybe, you know what? Maybe, so maybe, maybe. he would have been reminded of. But I, like, this is the way that it works. Some people just feel that way. Rita, in the conversation that we had on Sunday, I, I, and I, we've talked about it a few times during the year, I'm, Rita doesn't like tinkering from a manager. She just have a lineup. Have regular players. And we talked about this with Jeremy on Monday. We talked about it with Steve Johnson. I'd like to hope that at some point in the future, the Orioles have a roster that's so loaded that maybe they don't, they, they have more players in the lineup that can hit both righties and lefties. They have more guys that you trust to play every day, no matter who's pitching. More Gunnar Henderson types. At the moment, they don't. There's no way around that. They don't really have a roster of those guys. Which is why, to me, the story of the 2023 Orioles. I do my my regular hits down in Kansas City, and we I did one last Friday ahead of the series with uh, my buddy Seren down on um, WHB in Kansas City. And like I remember him asking something like, "Well, can they do this?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't know. Like I have no idea because I think it's preposterous that they won 101 games this season." I, I kept trying to find nice ways to say it because I didn't want to detract from what was happening. They did win all of these games. But how? Because what were they particularly good at? Winning. That's the thing. Were they a particularly good power-hitting team? Sometimes. 
Were they particularly good? Um, did, did they did they have hitters throughout the lineup that were hitting three hundred? Uh, no, none. Yeah. Well, O'Hearn was for a while, and then he fell off, and he didn't hit three hundred because he over he crapped the bed yeah. at the end of the season. Did they have the best starting pitching in baseball history? Or in this sometimes. They didn't do anything. The one thing they did particularly well is they had Felix Batista at the back end of the bullpen, and then they lost that. They didn't do anything as a team that could carry them. They just figured out ways to win, and we couldn't define that, and we kept praising them and, and saying they're scrappy and they're, you know, don't, don't put his camera on don't, until he gets that smirk off his face. <laughs> Until that smirk comes off his face, don't, do not. Let me finish this, and then we can do whatever shtick he wants to do. I got a no shtick rule around here the other day. I got to go after Griffin the other day. Or down, I'm not doing shtick right now. No, no, I'm going to finish my thing, and then I'll let you talk. All right? I'm, this is the way it's going to go. Stop, stop, stop. I didn't, we didn't turn your mic on yet. Save your shtick. What I'm saying is... I can't really be all that stunned because I was more stunned that they won 101 games. It's insane that this team did that. It's nuts. Doesn't make it any less disappointing. They were there. We were having fun. Kind of would have liked to have seen the fun continue. I had tickets for Sunday and Monday night. I wanted to be there. My father and I were going to go to an ALCS game together. That was going to be special. I'm bummed. There's no way around that. I'm bummed. I don't know that they're going to be able to easily win the division or get the top seed in the American League moving forward. For as many times as we can say, hey, the future is bright, I, I keep trying to say this. You have no idea how the next few years are going to play out. And we'll get into the conversations about what happens next because we're going to have to sit down and talk about whether or not we actually believe that this organization is going to spend some money to fortify all of this. And if you had asked me today, no, I don't believe that. So it all kind of runs together. It all dumps in together at once. I'm not stunned necessarily. I mean, by how non-competitive they were the last two games, it's a little stunning. But, again, it's more stunning that this team managed to win 101 games. It's bonkers. Bonkers. A lot of fun we had this summer. All right, now, let's get to him and whatever shtick he's got prepared. Drew Forrester is here for better or for worse. Drew's MorningDish.com. How'd the Ryder Cup go, by the way? How was that? Mm. About as competitive as the Orioles against the Rangers. That was, that was the bizarre thing about the Ryder Cup was, we, with an hour left, we almost had a chance to win. Yeah. That's the bizarre part. If Spieth doesn't, well, Spieth and Fowler. Right. I, I, anyway, I, I regret it. I regret it. Anyway, right. I was doing my shtick. I, 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 I don't even know what to say about last night. And here's the deal: they, the things they needed to do to win the series, I was pretty confident they were going to be able to do. They didn't do any of them, right? They, they had the two. If you go back and look at the data. They had two of the best five pitchers in the entire American League over the second half of the season pitching in games one and games two. Neither of those guys were very good. Bradish was okay. I actually thought he took him out too early, but he wasn't great. 
Rodriguez was terrible. And you, well, know, you know the funny thing about Bradish is like to say he wasn't great. You're probably right, but he still struck no, no, out no. ten. Right, guys. right. I'm saying he like, wasn't. He he wasn't. But he. Yeah, I know. They, they I know what the, you're saying. They had they had the pitching that they wanted. I think last night, obviously, the only guy Means would have started last night if he'd have been healthy. He didn't start. Right. Kramer didn't have it. Um, but everything that everything they need they needed to be able what they needed to do, and you saw it a little bit at the end of game two, the Orioles needed to be in the game and get to the Texas bullpen. That was another formula, right? That's a recipe for them to win. Yep. They needed, even if it's 2-2 or 4-3, they needed to be in the game in the seventh inning mm-hmm. and have exhausted, you know, yeah, Eovaldi. Force a roll to Chapman into a game m- when it matters. He's terrible, yeah, by he's the awful. way. He is awful. terrible. So, but there it is, right? Like, that... The things they needed to do, they just didn't do, and uh, and Texas is obviously very very good. I think we we all because it's such a long season and you forget about April and May and June. They were the best team in the American League until Labor Day, and then they collapsed. Correct. Um, th- they're very good. I mean, their offense is inc- is incredibly good. They hit and they hit and they and hit they, and they hit. Right, and they and and. You know, the first two games well, definitely. And Valdi's going to pitch like this, and yeah, they're Montgomery, be tough to be. correct? Right. So and they get Scherzer. Look, there's some things you can kind of bemoan a little bit about. You know, we we didn't get the big hit when we needed to get the big hit. There's no doubt when Santander came up and he grounded a double play. By the way, that kid made a hell of a play. Speaking of defense, um, you know, when we needed the big hit, other than what Hicks did in that one game, but it was over by then. When we needed a big hit, I wrote about this this morning, like last night. I know we lost seven to one, and it looks like we were never in the game. Santander gets on in the in the first inning. If we just hit a two run home run there, now all of a sudden, hey, we're, we we scored eight the other night. We just scored two here in the first inning. Hey, we're rolling. We're coming, man. Hey, like we we never did anything. We never got a big hit when we needed it. We just didn't. I, I, I feel like the other thing, if I was to lament something, I would lament, and it started at some point. And in the Harbaugh's regular... terrible, too. Thank you. All right. We'll get to that. Uh, it started at some point in the regular season. He's and... got to go. Thank you. And we talked about it then. What else do you have? Any did chance you, to get him? Get through? Any chance to do a fire Harbaugh thing, right? Yeah, is that what we're going to No, do? that's what the community's doing. Oh, 100% yeah, doing right. that. Um, so I at some point during the season, the thing that gave us so much joy at the beginning of the year, watching them work counts, watching them harass starting pitchers and make their lives miserable, completely disappeared. At some point, this team started hacking. And I don't know exactly what the date was. Uh, well, we had a stat about it at one point because I had uh, either Griffin or whoever our intern was this summer look it up. But at some point during the season, the team that was making their bones and came up through the minor leagues being the team that was seeing pitches and working and all working walks, all of those things completely changed. And the strategy at the time was, well, now they're getting first pitch strikes, so they should be attacking those first pitch strikes because everybody knows what their reputation was. But it was panic. I mean, it was... Well, in this series... Bad, right. bad, 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 bad. But in this series, uh, not discounting what you're saying about the seasonal ebbs and flows in this series the whole thing changed when that kid hit that grand slam well, i don't disagree that, with that, that but that 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 was it it was five two we're still in it we got a lot of baseball left I, when he hit the grand slam I'm, the entire series changed i i would and i would really say the series completely changed the moment that he put brian baker into the game 
And I have no. I'm not here to I, look. I, Elias has, did an awesome job. I I assume this is what I assume about Brian Baker. Let me say this: I have zero idea why they would have ever put him on the roster. None. He's terrible. Now that said, I have to assume it was totally data driven. They had to have something somewhere that showed he was really really good against either those hitters in particular mm-hmm. or hitters of their ilk, mm-hmm. meaning right. anybody, right. anybody I, whose FPBAC right. is mm-hmm. less than mm-hmm. 400. Mm-hmm. There, there had to be something in their arsenal of data that suggested he was a better gamble or better option. But if that were the case, then, then, why, Bauman, then, then he would have been on the team. I, I know. I don't, I don't understand that, it. And I think if you – I know everybody in town, I know we're all about hard questions – like that would definitely be a hard question that deserves an answer to the to the baseball nerds in town, not not to the. I mean, I'm I paid a thousand dollars for tickets that I'm getting back, but I paid a thousand bucks. Like at some point, I yeah right. But at some I, point I, we'll I, get our I, money back. I'm not saying I deserve an answer, but I'm a I'm a baseball nerd. I've been a, I love the team for my whole life. Like w- somebody's got to explain how he was the guy, and it wasn't Bauman. Or Vespi, or Cole Irvin, who in a pinch could have even started a game for you for three innings. Like, how did Brian Baker get on the roster? And was it as simple as it just came down to Fuji and him? And they felt like maybe the league has seen enough of Fuji and the league hadn't seen enough of Baker. I don't know. But that was a real puzzle of all the things they did. Man. That one was the oddest of them all. I'm gonna follow, that kid is not I'm gonna very good. Follow up on something else that you said, though, which is I I think that we have to have a Mike Elias conversation. I'm breaking out, how's just talking about baseball in October? Yeah, it's it nice. Feels it, good. I mean, it, well, yeah. it's been nice until oh, this week. Shut up! Nice. Um, You're gonna be one of those people. Just be happy it happened, and we're going to the World Series next year. Yeah, okay, all right, ease up on that because <laughs> that gets into the conversation that we're I want to have. We we can I do think that Mike Elias is deserving of praise, but at the same time, the thing that I I kept saying to everyone during this process, I think Mike Elias is a good general manager, but I have no idea if Mike Elias is capable of going from tanking to winning. I I've, we have no clue if he's capable of doing that. We and just we did can, it two years in a row. We can say now, well, look, they they proved it. They won the division. I'm talking about making the steps that are necessary as a general manager particularly in this context, in a place where you're not going to be handed an open checkbook, you have to make deft moves. Well, what were the moves that were made once the team started winning a year ago to try to upgrade moving forward? Kyle Gibson was a failure. Jack Flaherty was an ungodly failure. Do you think Kyle Gibson was a failure? How do we even debate that? Kyle Gibson was a failure on every level. Yikes. Okay. Do you look at his numbers? I, I just think that's a strong term. We, you and I do this all the time. We always argue over semantics. Well, what word do you want to use? I think that's... What did you think Kyle Gibson was supposed to be? Because at worst, he should have been an innings eater, and he wasn't even that. Like, what... what? We could have kept that other dude we got rid of who was terrible, too, right? Yeah, I mean, you Lyles, could. Yeah, yeah Jordan Lyles. He, he went 1 who, of 28. Who stunk, but did eat innings. He, did. Well, he had to. Because when <laughs> they put coming, him out there, they always said, kept coming back we're not to the coming, dug, we're not kept coming, coming back. Dug he out. kept coming back going, <laughs> Skip, is there any way at all you can pull me from this game? <laughs> like, nope. nope. 
Just go back. Go right back hey, out hey, there, Hey, Skip, guy. it's 12-2. I know. Right back just go there. back out. Anyway, I don't think Kyle Gibson was a failure, but um, I, I, that's that but the was the kid, only pitcher. But the other you, wait, kid wait, 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 wait. You're kid trying was. to parse words on the Kyle Gibson thing. He pitched to a 4.7 ERA and a 1.3 WHIP. Okay, I, I, I just don't consider that to be a failure. How could you not? That was the pitcher you got. If that's the guy that came up to the system that you have to give a shot to before you make a decision about it, then who else you know, would they I have get gotten it. in the off season? Uh, Just going back, Nathan like, Navaldi. Yeah, na- na- no, and the other kid too that went to. Um, I. It's so funny because I'm almost never right when it comes to free agents. But last February, I kept saying they should get a Yavaldi. Last, well, you February. were the only one. There were a lot of people that had yeah. that opinion. About I mean, it, and and who went to San Diego? Didn't somebody go to San Diego? Oh, Waka. Yeah, he was the same. I was the same with him. I'm like, go get one of those two guys. So, um, but I still don't think failure is the right word. Flaherty was a failure. Well, Flaherty's an unmitigated. There's a, there's two different that things. That was a bad one. Flaherty is a, as bad of a move as that you was, could have ever possibly made. That was a bad one. He had but, a good first start. Yeah, he did. He had a good first start. You're right about that. But after that, but you're you're trying to so there give a lies pass the rub about last Gibson. night. Okay, but we're not going to agree on Gibson. So let's move on to something else. <laughs> last night was where Flaherty should have so started. Confused. Last night is where Flaherty should have started. I, Yes, in a perfect world, yeah. you acquired a pitcher. And frankly, at the perfect world, really, and, uh, he would have started when, game two. Right, that's that's the right. bigger issue. He would have started game two. Now, maybe they would have always started Grayson at home. Maybe that was a if we're going to start him in the playoffs, we'd rather it be at home than be on the road. So maybe there wouldn't have been an opening for a game two starter because they would have already always been inclined to say if we're pitching Grayson, we're pitching him at home. But you kind of would have liked to have not put all of the pressure on a guy who was you know eighty innings past his career high. In Grayson Rodriguez at this point. Isn't Aaron Nola free next year? He is. is he, he is he among the – there's a there's a ton of pitching I, I, I mean, I've definitely – I know there's always a gamble anytime you go National League, American League. It always it doesn't always seem to work out very well. Um, but I, I, I would say he'd be a prime I – saw, I saw the other – I saw the other – Names. Well, Snell's on the list. Okay. Um, well, you know, he was good in the But American he's going to be the most. Did, he's going to be the highest. Yeah, he's going to the Yankees. Uh, I mean, let's be or, honest. Or whoever it is that has Kershaw. the interest in spending the most <laughs> no, money. No, thanks. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is on the list. Okay. Um, I, w- I, w- I mean, the Tigers already overpaid him once. We. He's already been there four years, huh? Yeah. It's, uh, That's crazy. Is it, is it four or is yeah. it five? Well, he, I thought he signed a four year deal. But anyway. Um, I would take him. Jordan Montgomery's on the list. Could have had him at the deadline. Could have had take, him at the I deadline. I would take him too. But I, I, I think of all. But this of the, is. But this goes back to the when I'm. It's it's don't easy. Get one of those guys. It's e- Yeah, sure they will. It's easy to feel comfort today. What are those guys going to get? Thirty million a year. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm asking. What are they? Because that that determines if the if the Orioles they could take be in them. the market for Giolito maybe. Nola's market value is at twenty four according to Spot Track. I mean, you just pay him what you got to pay him. We're giving a quarterback fifty million. He can't hold on to the ball. So, um, doing. And then Giolito's at eleven. Yeah, eleven. That should be at three. That's that's where I think that the the highest end of (laughs) yeah. He's coming to Baltimore at at most. He's starting opening day. Oh, I don't know that they're going to be able to get Giolito. Right, right. Look, we can comfort ourselves with the. You know what Andrews is going to say? How's eleven million? How's how's uh, eighty-eight million for fourteen years now? Right, and we'll and we'll pay in. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll pay it to you in 21, 24. When we go to Nashville, we'll give you the rest of it. Oh, easy over there. Would you stop it? <laughs> you stop it. We're doing a lot of bad shtick today. Nah, we're not going to Nashville. There is going to be a team in Nashville, but it's not going to be us. I, you say that, except for the fact that if the Rays aren't going to move either, who's the team going to be? They're gonna, I, I, here's my, you want to know, honestly, my official oh, no, prediction? no, I really don't want to no, do this. This is my official prediction. Go for it. I think that they're going to sell the team. Who? The Angelos family well, is going to sell the yeah. team. And and they're going to get an expansion team in Nashville. No. Are you out of your no, mind? No, not the Angeloses. There's going to be an expansion team in Nashville. Okay, well, that's a different conversation. That's for two. You just tied those two things together. I didn't mean it, mean it to sound like that. <laughs> like, what the they're going to sell the team. They're 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 gone. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, they're gone. Maybe. I have no idea. But I'm not sure what that has to do with an expansion team going to Nashville. Because <laughs> they're, the weirdest they're, they are going to go. Drew. There is going to be a team in Nashville. I, maybe. I think that nice they all. jacket, by the way. After they got their asses kicked. They're well on their way to the ReliaQuest Car Care Bowl. To the Weed Eater Bowl. Settle down over there. Um, You keep saying that, but baseball needs there to be cities that don't have teams. So that when they need to demand. Chicago's only got one. (laughs) Thank you. When they need to demand $600 million. LA's only got one. Settle. When they need to demand $600 million out of another city, they have to know, well, we can always move them to Nashville. Why don't we get Otani? What are you doing today? He's a pitcher. Can you come in here and have a conversation? He's a pitcher. Couldn't we come and have a conversation? I'm just so I'm I'm over the moon with the season we had. I this this they're two separate thoughts. I'm so me. excited. This season was incredible. What a summer we had. It was unbelievable. Right. But on the flip side, the thing that we're trying to do to comfort ourselves where we say, and the future is only it's only going up from here. Have you seen the players we have? All, all well and good. I'm very excited about the core of players that they have. Now tell me how they're fortifying it. Tell me I, how they're taking a young core of players and turning it into something that can win a World Series. I, I don't think there's. I, could they use another pitcher? Sure. I'll even, have to, I'll even have give to, if you want to say you feel good about one, two, three going into next year, and some I feel combination good about of, the whole team going into next year. Yeah. I do. I feel good about them competing. I feel good about them being a good team. I don't. I feel, feel good like about this team is is close enough to be able to You're beat insane. the best teams in baseball in the playoffs. They, all right. Tell I mean, me what they did that was so good. Tell me how good they were this year. They won a bunch of games. They, what they did didn't they win do? a bunch of games. I understand They that. won more than any other team in the American League I over six months. I understand all of that's true. They beat everyone's brains in. I understand all of that. Now tell me about what it is they do that is so good that it is definitely replicable next year. Because tell they... Because they have baseball players who are, uh, I don't even scrappy. know how you want to rank. The, I don't think Gunnar Henderson's scrappy. I think Gunnar Henderson's going to be the best player we've had in 40 years he, here. He might very well be. That's possible. They have, they, the only, here's the one thing I would say, and I don't know what they're doing with Holiday, and I have no idea what Holiday is going to become as a major league player, other than to say every, at every level of baseball he's played, he's been a rock star. Just like Gunner, at every level, they they. I'm not a huge Mountcastle fan. I under, but I understand his role. And if you want to do 100 games Mountcastle, 60 games O'Hearn, I'm fine with that. They're they're good at first base. Is there some way for them to upgrade there? Uh, maybe. Is it likely that O'Hearn bounces back with the same kind of season next year he had this year? History would tell you no. History would tell you O'Hearn's not going to do that again next year. 
this was an anomaly. Well, but I'm willing to give or, him, or he's going to be a hell of a platoon. Right, player. right, right. I'm willing. Like, I'm that's... just going to say, I'm willing to give him a role of some sort, and see if if in some way, even if it's not exactly duplicated, to see if he can still do what he did this year. I I just don't think you're ever going to get this kind of season from him again. I think it's an outlier. But I don't think he's a bad baseball player. And if you want to go Mountcastle O'Hearn at first base, I'm fine with that. I am perfectly fine with Westberg at second base. I am perfectly fine with whatever they decide to do at shortstop and third base. Well, we know who the guys are going to be. We just don't know who who's playing with. Right. Yes. And if, if you want to keep one of those other two, Urias or Mateo, as the utility guy who can move around and play different spots and contribute ever on Sunday afternoons with his bat, Fair enough. They 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 both have warts, and they both have things they do well. Although Mateo's best thing he did well turned out to almost be a liability because he was a great fielder who suddenly couldn't field at all. It was like Roger Dorn, um, and and I think in the outfield, we're, I don't see any issue with the outfield. I I kind of have a feeling one of the corner guys is going to get involved in a trade somehow. I don't know. Or even Mullins. I feel like one of those three guys is going to get moved. And we almost have to move him. No, if Colton Cowles is going to play every day. It, or, or the other kid, the Kirstad kid, right? right? Like, we got to move somebody. I, and, I don't, and I don't know which one of those guys fetches. Well, and Kobe Mayo's in this conversation, too, by sure. the way. Sure. And I don't know who fetches the, the most out of that group. I have no idea. That's going to come up again here in a minute. My gut tells me it's probably Hayes because – He's a very good defensive player. Obviously, Santander has some power. He's very hot and cold. Mullins, you almost have to discount what happened to him the last 50 at-bats and just act like he that wasn't him. Um, so I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't think they need to do a whole lot. Now, the one thing I will say, and I was right when I said this, when they lost Batista, I said they can't win the World Series without him. It turns out they couldn't win a playoff game without well, him. But that, but that had nothing to do with why they didn't win playoff it games. It didn't, but they just you, – And by the way – You if, have to have a clo- – if, if that was it, have a I, if that was it, I think I would feel differently about this. If the story was just that they lost close Batista, games it, next year. So I would say <clears throat> that the 101 number from this year, and, and I don't have the data to suggest that – I don't know what, what the real number is to this. Some nerd knows the number. The, the 101 number from this year – some percentage of that number was directly tied to Batista. 100% it was. And now, without him, that 101 number becomes 94. I don't remember what the Pythagorean model ended up being for the end of the but year. It, but, but now it, I, I could see where 94 is their number now because Cano blows nine saves. I don't think and, it's 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 not just as simple as that. I know what you're going to say, yeah. and you're right. But when Cano pitches in the ninth, somebody's got to pitch in it, the eighth. And, and it goes a step beyond that. What it really is saying is that, in general, these aren't games that you should have, have won on the whole, and you figured out a way to win them. And this goes back to why I don't— I don't. D.L. Hall's going to be the closer next year. Uh, as far as internal options are concerned, it's a strong one. I think Tyler Wells is going to have to be in that conversation because I don't see them moving him back to the rotation at this point, but— you know, maybe maybe they still feel like he could be a high-level starting pitcher and that what we saw in the first half is real. And so if they're not going to go sign a pitcher, then they're going to be inclined to put him back in the rotation next year. But they also were fairly fortunate. And I think it's one of the things when I say that they need to fortify, they 
the Batista injury was the only injury of significance right. that this team well, dealt Mount with. Well, Mountcastle missed a month. Mountcastle missed but, a month. Mullins missed a couple of stretches in there. But they didn't have guys go down for an entire season. Right. No, you're right. When I say they need to fortify, it's because we have to remember that they still had more luck than they didn't this season in order oh, to that, get to that That's point. 100%. So it's not me saying I think it's a bad team or it's not. I don't think winning a World Series comes from just saying, well, we think that these players continue ascending. We think that Gunnar Henderson will be even better a year from now. We think that Colton Kowser and Jordan Westberg will be even better a year from now. Even Adley Rutschman will be even better. I think you have to get all of those things, and you have to fortify. You have to have more because you're going to lose a starting I mean, I said, John Means, in fairness, it was not in my list. We do have to include that. But you're going to lose key pieces, and I don't think this is a team that from 1 to 26 – was as good as the other teams were. I think they were good from 1 to 15. They were as good as anybody else was in baseball. But after 15, I don't think they were as good as the best teams were. And I think if you lined up the roster 1 to 26 for the Texas Rangers and lined up the roster 1 to 26 for the Orioles, you would have realized somewhere around the middle of the roster, oh, crap, that, that's a better baseball team. And that's the reason why they came in I, here. I and, would agree with that. And won this series. So you have to well, they, fortify they the roster. They definitely hit. The way they were supposed to hit, a hundred percent, and and we didn't. Yes, right. Good pitching always beats good hitting, and and I don't even know that their pitching their pitching was okay. It it wasn't great. It was okay, but our our hitting was terrible. Yep. <laughs> Why? Like, yep. Just Facts. I mean, we scored. We, uh, I mean, we scored obviously whatever. What was the first game? Three two. Yeah. We scored three runs in, in two games, and the other game, yeah. we were going to score five until we hit a three-run homer, unlikely three-run homer in the ninth inning. Look, man, I'm, I think they have a good foundation, and I think that they have the opportunity to be good for some time. But this is going to be predicated on... Is what you're going to do all winter? Gonna beat up the team that won 101 games. No, I'm gonna beat up. I'm not gonna beat anybody up. I'm gonna say, what are they doing? What is the next? What is next? Look because at our track the, record. The, exactly right. What is next? Who was the second base when we got the one year was really good? DeShields? He was yeah, the MVP of the right. team. That's a great point. He did win team MVP. That is a fact. The liner DeShields was he once like team 241. MVP. He like 241. He might have been in the roster at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I think big he might have been signing. gone before the year was over. Right. He was the right. team MVP. I, they have to prove And by the way, it, the answer could be... Can we go your, back to beating up the Ravens? Hang on. To your point about it could be Arias and Mateo that... Are, then you've got to move Norby and you've got to move Ortiz. And if that's what you're doing in order to fortify, is you're finally dipping into that they balked at the paying the high end and instead got crap at the trade deadline. I know somebody from the White Sox, power-hitting power first baseman. I hear you. I'm not telling you I'm opposed to it by any stretch of the imagination. If he plays here, he might hit a home run in every game. No doubt. Like, that is totally possible. But they have to somehow get higher end however they want to go about doing that if they don't want to spend the money and i'm guessing they don't then they've got to use what they have in order to figure out a way to piece this together if they want to be the next tampa if that really is the way this thing goes then they have to be shrewd they have to be deft they cannot piss away prospects and we can't watch drew rom become a thing over the next couple of years oh, you know he's one when, of the Cy Young next oh year. there's almost no doubt when you used him to go get jack flaherty it's got to be better than that. Right. And no, so I agree with that. 
I I do. You know, I don't agree with much of what you say, but I agree with. We're that. gonna stop right there because that'll never. Can we go back to beating up the Ravens now? No, we're gonna we're, we'll do that later. Um, Ravens. Speaking of which, Ravens fans, are you ready for the biggest game day party in Baltimore? Join us at Guilford Hall Brewery Sunday, October fifteenth, for the official Ravens London game watch party. Uh, getting started early that. with live music, bottomless mimosas, unlimited Guilford beer, Dunkin' coffee, and signature cocktails. Games, Kid Zone, and appearances from special guests, including Ravens legend Jimmy Smith, Ravens cheerleaders, the Marching Ravens band, and Poe. Doors open at 8 a.m., so rally your flock, and we'll see you at Guilford Hall. This event is free to the public. All-you-can-drink wristbands available for purchase. GuilfordHall.com to get those and for more information. We'll play Would You Rather Wednesday when we come back in, and maybe I'll let Drew say something about the Ravens. I haven't decided yet. Drew Forrester is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire. U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. If they don't kneel while they're over there, they don't have a hair on their rear end. What are you doing? Today's show is brought to you. Remember, they're doing everything the opposite way. Everything they did I, I hope last so. time. They're doing the opposite way. We're not going to lose by 100 time. points. We're not going to kneel. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. And uh, speaking of the Ravens being in London on Sunday, if you're four and uh, a half, uh, I don't think it got back up to four and a half. It okay. started at four. It came down to three and a half. Okay. And it now sits back at four. Four. The Ravens is again are four the point favorites. Ravens are four point favorites over the I Titans. I guess those people don't have TVs over there. Because <laughs> the Titans have looked so good. <laughs> when they seen, were when they were losing to we the just Colts, lo- we just lost to the JV team. I'm with you on that. Uh, if you like that, either way, if you like the Ravens or if you like Drew, and you don't think it makes sense, what I would do is go to SuperBook.com or download the SuperBook app. Use the code Glenn Clark 23, and you'll make it a same day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Again, SuperBook.com or the SuperBook app. I don't care what you say. We're not losing to Ryan Tannehill in London. Yeah. Because everybody knows Ryan Tannehill is particularly bad in London. <laughs> Could be Will. Levis. I mean that thing the other day. I'm not. I'm not a knee jerk fire the coach. You know. I mean, you know that. I. I'm not a knee jerk fire the coach guy at all. But like, at some, it was bad. There's no getting it was, around it. It was awful. Well, and look, I, uh, Pittsburgh's terrible. The 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 thing, and I said this both in my column. I, I would almost say the. I would almost say the losing of the Colts was better. Yeah. Pittsburgh's terrible. Yeah, the, the Colts are at least competent offensively. Pittsburgh's barely so bad. They're terrible. You're right. Um, what I said is, look, it, we're wasting our breath with a uh, fire. He's not getting fired. Not fired at the, the end works. of the season. And that's the that's the point. The I point is, that. like, this game is the type of thing that you file away. If this keeps happening, if they keep doing the same thing and vomiting all over themselves whenever they they're faced with the smallest amount of adversity. Then he will. He will get fired at the end of the year. There's no question about that. But you're wasting your breath. I get it. You're mad. I understand everybody being mad. It's inexcusable that they lost that game. It's among the worst losses in the history of the franchise. The weird. The I would agree with that for sure. The weirdest part about it, when you break down, like the re, you know, again, I sit. I do this from thirty-five thousand feet. You do it as well. You you watch it, and then you watch the reaction from people. It happened last night. Fire the manager. Rutschman's terrible. Trade Mullins. You you see all of these these tentacles, right? Mm-hmm. S- spurred off the the mm-hmm. result. So you see that on Sunday, right? Harbaugh got to fire Harbaugh. Munkin's terrible. What's he watching? 
this guy's awful, Lamar stinks, this receiver, Aguilar this, that, the other, Bateman's a bust. You see all these things, right? And the reality is that that every one of those takes winds up being accurate. And at least in a, in at a least, vacuum. At least an amount of it, yes. Right. So right. Lamar was fine when he was throwing the ball he, to Lamar our wasn't team. fine. Lamar was played one of the greatest games a right. quarterback when, has played when Lamar in was throwing modern the ball NFL history. To their our players, right? Yes, he made one really bad throw. Right. But but uh, let me finish. When he's throwing the ball to our players and they're not catching it, pe- people conveniently kind of gloss over that. When later in the game, when he absolutely can't throw the ball to the other team, he throws it to the other team. People forget about the uh, the seven other throws he made. Then on the next series, when he absolutely can't get the yeah, ball knocked out of his hand, none of that's on him. That, that's it, nonsense. It is no, on that's him. That's not on him. He's the quarterback. I understand that, but it when a play is on him, no, no, no. There's fumbles that are on you. When you're in the open field, yeah, you, you protect the ball. You're the quarterback. I, the you're, notion that you're supposed to expect that a left tackle is going to whiff. And you're going to – you can't do that. You, you, you're you the quarterback. Do you that. can't turn that's, the football this over. This is lazy. This no, is No, that's Stephen not. A. Smith. That's what no, Griffin was doing no, the other day. No, it isn't. You can't try to pretend no, like that play is on him. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him. The, every play is on him. No, this is just dumb, no. lowest common denominator no, nonsense. you're wrong. You're no, just Drew, carrying I'm the guy's water wrong. now. No, the throw before that is inexcusable. You, you can't, can't ever can't make that but, throw. But again, now I'm going back to the, the other stuff that happens. The – all of these things that happen along the way that people say, if we kick the field goal at the end of the half, we win. Therefore, Harbaugh's to blame for the loss. That's not true either. But but all of these things wind up adding up. John, or I don't even know. I don't even know what happened at the end of the half. And I think that all also becomes a little bit of the mystery. It's a little bit like it was ironic, uh, uh, sort of. Everyone in the stadium blamed Gunnar Henderson. For trying to steal in the ninth inning, right? But by but by connection, they blamed the manager. They said, "Can't believe you had that kid steal, mm-hmm. knowing how good Himes' arm was. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it." And the first question someone asked afterwards is, "What happened?" Right. And Brandon Hyde, the way a manager is supposed to, said, "Well, we had a miscommunication there." What he didn't say is Aaron Hicks missed the sign. Right. Aaron Hicks, because he's trying to avoid mm-hmm. getting flamed, mm-hmm. says, well, you know, sometimes rookies make those mistakes. No, no, no. You you made the mistake. Mm-hmm. But everybody is quick to say, that's why Hyde stinks. Mm-hmm. Can't, ha- can't have that kid. Uh, what, what's Henderson doing? What, uh, the, the guy that made the mistake. No, it's pretty clear at the end of the first half. own up to it. Tyler Linderbaum wasn't supposed to snap the ball. Right. So how does that happen? How does it happen? How does it happen? I mean, and I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm. I guess it's a rhetorical question. A player question, attempts like, to get aggressive in a moment and thinks that he's doing something to help the team. Tyler Linderbaum blanks and says, "I think I saw a guy jump, so I think that I'm no, helping no, no, the team by snapping the ball." But that isn't it how is. it happened. No, no, no. Listen to me. It happened because with 12 seconds left, John didn't just say, "Let's kick a field goal." Well, the decision would have had to have been with 30 seconds left. Okay, but... To the, to the point, it, it, if you want to... And as I said, if you want to criticize Harbaugh, at some point when the clock is ticked down to 20 seconds, there's nothing even to be gained by drawing them offsides. Just you're, kick the field goal! You're not, you're not going to do three. Let's go into that. the half. We're head 13-3. When, when he snapped the ball, there were 20 seconds left on the clock. 
And if you want to say, by the way, they ran 25 off before they snapped the ball. And if you want to say in those 25 seconds, at some point, John Harbaugh's got to say, dude, this isn't worth it. What are we doing here? We had just w- call at least the timeout. one timeout left, they, right? They did, yes. Just call the timeout and kick the field goal because it's not worth it. By the time we whatever happens here happens, there's nothing left to be gained. We would have one timeout remaining, and we would still need 20 yards in order to get a touchdown just in, kick the field in goal, 20 go seconds. Go up 13-3. to three. At some point, I would be inclined to agree with you. But in John Harbaugh's mind, if we're not snapping the ball no matter what, what difference does it make? Let's just go through the charade. If one of them falls over, we get a free five yards out of it. It's not the end of the world. So I, this is a who ordered the code red type of thing. Well, there wasn't a code red. That's the point. There, there was no code red. No, if you red. saw the movie. I'm aware. I'm aware. Tyler Linderbaum. Actually, John Harbaugh ordered it. Yeah, well, he didn't, though. <laughs> Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, wait, wait, got wait now a, you're really confusing I understand. Did really, John Nicholson really, order yeah, it or yeah, not? Right. Well, he did, actually. Okay, so Harbaugh ordered to code red. But it's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> Who oh, wait, put the rag quickly, in Tyler we, Linderbaum's mouth? Stop it. We got to play with the poison you, on I it. I understand. Who did it? We got to play Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought. Derek Mason will join us in uh, 10 minutes or so, by the way. I will beat him up. What are you gonna beat Mace up about? He, he, you, he, he might be able to. Ball. He might be able to catch the ball. He didn't now. win a Super Bowl here. Oh, that's true. He didn't. He didn't win a Super Bowl at all. I don't know what we're gonna beat him up about. I will. I'm not <laughs> afraid what? of him. For what? I'm not afraid of Derek Mason. It's on you. I'll, hey, it's your fault. I'll ask him the hard questions. Oh, yeah, will you? <laughs> You're gonna ask him the hard questions. Do you? God. All right. So going back we, to we this, we gotta do this. Do you think he should have? Kick the field goal or not? Of course, I think they should have kicked the field right. goal. I agree, but I also don't like. I don't know how to blame somebody for you. This is the problem. You no. Blame the coach. No, this is the problem. I'll blame the coach for the fact that they fell apart, that they utterly collapsed. I'll right. blame him for that. But you have to be willing to blame the players. This bit where we yeah, don't. Oh, wanna, now you know how I feel about like, that. Who whiffed on the on the block punch? You know Stone. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it was, it was. It might have been Geno Stone. It might have been. I think it was Geno okay. Stone. Yeah. yeah. You gotta. Well, you have to team. blame the. This is he's the, off the team. Ronnie Stanley can't whiff at the end of the game. That can't happen. I don't care that he's playing his first game back. If he's on the field, he can't whiff on a block. That can't occur. You can't drop seven balls. We can blame John Harbaugh the, the for all two, these things. I realize the Andrews, Andrews. And by the way, the play call on the as bad as the interception was, and it was atrocious. It's an insane play call. Oh, the back shoulder throw that he never makes in his what? career. He's Flacco made it. Monk must have thought Flacco was throwing. Maybe. And it's up to Beckham? Yeah, right. What the world are we doing? <laughs> like, what is any of this? Who? I, all of I, it. It was bizarre. Now, you want to blame John Harbaugh for that? For when he hears that's the call, that he doesn't step in and say, hey, guy. Just uh, get, here's here's the plan. You haven't been around it's, very long. It's first. Are you ready, guys? Listen. It's first and ten from this fourteen yard line. Here's the plan for the next four plays. Let Lamar run with the ball. Break. That's Just get hike the ball to Lamar. Seems, this seems is what they should have done with Kaepernick at the end of the seems Super Bowl. Just hike the ball to the right, quarterback right. and let him figure it out. Go. All right. Uh, would you rather number the one, one that Aguilar dropped? Oh, I, it's. <laughs> I mean, the Bateman one was terrible. The Aguilar one was worse. Andrews, everybody calls it a drop. It wasn't a drop. The ball just went through his hands. He makes that catch eight out of ten times. The other two were unbelievable. Well, this is the difficult. And even the one that Flowers fell down on. I think if he's running and catches it, he's gone. Of course he's gone. Of course he's gone. But it is what it is. All right, would you rather? This is a uh, Orioles season season ending themed would you rather. Oh, you think? You think they were in on it? all looks suspicious what to we're me. Doing now? That's what my friend said to doing me. Lots he of texted shtick. me. My friend Chris texted me. He goes, 
Dude, I've been telling you for years this is WWE. I'm like, yep, yep, there because you they go. drop there's, three touchdowns. There's always that guy. Always that guy. You got to understand, this is just entertainment. Uh, all right, Orioles season-ending themed Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, somebody who participates, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We'll get a shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports. Number one, would you rather have had it end the way that it did last night, swept with no drama? You could go to bed in the third inning if you wanted to, or it got back to game five and it ended in extra innings like it did in 2016. Well, I had tickets to game five, so selfishly I would say. Just to watch him lose? You would have rather would been to, there to I watch him lose? I to be there to be part of it. Sure, I, would, I wanted to see a playoff game. So I would say get, give, me the, give me game five. Okay. I feel like. Give me game five. I feel like you're supposed. I, I, I think this. Look, I don't think this is going to do any long-term damage. I, I don't. But, you know, they got swept. Like, they got. And they got. They kind of got their asses kicked, they really. They sure did. And so I, I think game, I think winning the next two, scratching your way back into it, and then losing in game five and the crowd's there and we're all standing up cheering and crying, I think there's more merit to that. Maybe. I think this is embarrassing. I think you think about it for a much longer time. We will never think about this And I had again. tickets. You keep saying that. And I, and and I, and tell I, me all the times that you've thought about the 2014 ALCS. We've oh, never, I don't know. I was there. I, I, I've never thought about it once since it was over. Not once. I don't know about there that. There was no I, what could I, have been. I, I totally There's no lament. I was there. I, I I can remember who I went to the games with. Like that, That's fine. You remember the experiences, but you don't have any. The, the other things sit with you. For, we think about Nate McLeod and the foul pole for forever. That was we think run. about these things eternally. I was there for that game. When that, you get your ass. I was there for that game, too. Yeah, when you get your ass handed to you, you just sort of yeah, say, like, was, eh. We got it's we, good. We got our SSK. Like, that's what it is. I don't know. We'll get back. Griffin and I will get to it All later. Right, whatever. Uh, the I Orioles. Right would you rather one. the Orioles make one free agent splash and it's not a starting pitcher? Would okay. you rather it be Josh Hader or Cody Bellinger, perhaps freeing them up to trade someone else for pitching? Well, definitely not Hader because he went to Old Mill. I always forget that for you. I always forget. Yeah, I'm not supporting. Can't him. have that. The only old mill person can't I support at all is my buddy Tim Miller from Free State Electric. Nah, I don't know. Other than that, I don't know if you can support him. I feel like maybe you can support. <laughs> just going on about how uh, Felix Batista other ended than that, um, So who was it? Hater and Bellinger. Yep. Man, Bellinger fell off the planet, didn't he? Mm, until well, he this hurt. year. Yeah, I mean he had a good year this year. Yeah, he had a really good um, year this year. And so, what are you doing with Bellinger? That would be up to you. What I said is it would probably free you up to move something else for pitching if you would like. I'll take Bellinger. I'm going to take a guy who plays every day over a, over a, a pitcher of any kind. Okay. I'm going to always take the field player if I have a pick. You just were going on about how the Batista no, thing. But you, you were, but I, I just no, remember no. you having that conversation I, I a minute I ago. I did. But, again, I'm gonna, you gave me an option now. Do All I right. want a field player? Right. I'll take a field player every All day. Right. Uh, would you rather the Orioles decide to move on from one veteran to clear a path for a younger player? You mean Adam Frazier? Would you no? Would you rather it be? Would you rather the veteran they move on from be Cedric Mullins or Anthony Santander? Mm. 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 Well, I'm going to base this a little bit on what I also think we have in the in the in the trunk here. I'm going to say if you gave me one of those two, to you gave me the ability to move one of the two, I would move Mullins. Okay. I, Santander's going to going to hit you 25 or 30 homers. He's not 
great in the field, but he's not a liability. He ain't Jay Gibbons. He's not a liability. Um, and I don't know. I feel like, the, and I'm not trying to be like overly critical, and I'm not trying to pick on him. I kind of feel like the bloom is off of Mullen's rose a little bit. Like this, I feel like this is what he is. You know, he was thirty. What was it? Two years ago, right? He hit thirty homers, and well, he was never going to be a thirty thirty guy. But this, but is he, a, but he was. I, I understand that. But the Jabal right. was juiced that season. Right. He wasn't really right. a thirty well, thirty guy. Um, no, I, I, stop! Don't do that. That's bad. We try to do. We try to do a show here. We we know the ball was juiced that year. We have fact about that. Okay. The ball was juiced. Right. We understand what happened you know, that you season. Don't think Major League Baseball just said that. No, we we actually have like in the we have in, juiced balls. They uh, they went out and got the balls. We have juiced balls to prove it. They went out. Uh, and got, I, I just feel like the ball. Whole, who was the girl that was behind all that research on Twitter? I can't remember. What Mia her name Khalifa. Was. I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? No. Is this is no. this you work at Calvert Hall day no. in the church? So now when you come over here, you've got to get. I don't even know who name. she is. Oh. I just saw her name on the internet. She's very popular. She's a um, very popular figure. I, I I would I just feel like the bloom is off of Mullins Rose. I really do. I, I feel like I, I feel like we're forgetting that three months ago he was the MVP of the team. Like I don't know. I feel about like that. it's it was terrible down the stretch, there's no doubt about it. But I feel like we're forgetting that three months ago and still he was responsible for all of the most important plays of the season. Not all, all but, of them. But a significant number. Except for Adam Fraser on the day they clinched. There's that and then there's Eight Cedric Mullins plays. That's the season. If they do that you video gave today, the, you gave me the pick. I get it. It's your um, choice. I'm taking. Oh. I'm taking San Diego. And number four, would you rather? So far, I'm three for three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think that's the case? That's what Griffin said. Yeah. How did you think that went today? He texted me. We were never very good at that after an awkward interview. Me picking back. So how did you think that went? How'd you? I don't how'd know. You, hey, Coach. <laughs> Coach Huggins. How'd you? How'd you think that one went? Hey, Bob. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Hey, Bob, we're going to go ahead and roll on out of here now. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey coach. Uh, all right. Would you rather you have to spend the entirety of this Saturday re-watching the ALDS, including all the pre get There's no getting around it. Oh. I'm, 8 a.m. If I say what so, I'm about to say about Ortiz, we're, your uh, show's getting well, kicked I mean, off what, the air. what do you think? You, I'm going to be, of all of the oh things you would have done today, oh beating my. up David Ortiz is going to be the least of my problems. God. Or you have to spend the entirety of this Saturday doing some paperwork at your house while listening to a constant, never-ending loop of every Creed song ever made. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to Creed. I don't need. Sounds like you want to. I'll listen to Creed. No, it sounds I'm not, like I can't, it. I can't something out of you. I can't. Yeah. I can't see another Derek Jeter, misty-eyed, driving back home after a stormy night. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't watch another Derek Jeter commercial. I saw it in the entire Ryder Cup. I've memorized the song. I was driving home, dreaming of you. I can't do it anymore. And I can't listen to Ortiz. I just can't do it. I, I, I'll, I'd listen to Creed for a when month. When you are with I, I, me. I'll listen to it for a month. Well, that's, that's Before disturbing. I will listen to Jeter. You know, they're going to be on for the rest of the playoffs. Right? I, are you, are oh you bagging God, on the rest of the playoffs? I can't do it. I'm going to mute it. I can't do it. You're going to skip Astros Rangers here? Ortiz said something last night. Oh, I know what he said. So we just we I think we'd all agree, right? We we got our asses handed yes, to us. I was there. Right? Yeah. We got our asses yeah. handed to us. And I thought as I watched it, I thought Texas was pretty good. As I watched it. I, that's the way I'm I like, saw it. Dude, this is a hell of a team they've yes. assembled. Because we don't get to see them much, right? Oh. Like it's been a while, hundred percent. 
They go to Ortiz to start the thing, and whoever it was, Kevin Blackstone, whatever that guy's name is, goes, whatever's the guy's name? Kevin Blackstone. Whatever his name is. He goes. Kevin Burkhart? Kevin Burkhart. He goes, all right, let's go over first. Uh, Poppy, uh, what do you think you saw here, uh, Rangers? And they're showing uh, the 89-year-old Bruce Boach. You don't even know where he is, hanging around in the dugout. And they're like, uh, what do you think? He can barely walk. And they're like, what do you think, Poppy? And they're showing him squirting champagne all over one another. And he goes, I, I have to tell you. I don't even. I never even thought that we saw Texas play any kind of good baseball in that series. They're not even as good as they were. And I'm like, what? Are, what? What games were you watching? He started to like say that Texas didn't even play that well. I'm like, were you? Did you watch any of the games? They every time they needed a hit, they got a hit. They got hits when they didn't need hits. Every time <laughs> they, they got- needed to field a ball, they fielded a ball. Like, and he went on about how I just don't know that this Texas team is all that good. I'm like. Okay, I'm turning you off. Yeah, and then bit... when I went to go turn it off, the Jeter commercial came back on. Oh, well, then. And then he showed his wife, and I'm like, all right, I'll stay one more. I'll stay through this one more time. <laughs> I swear. I can't watch any more. I'll listen to Creed for a month before I'll watch those people I, uh, again. I, I told a really unfortunate story last night. I know. By the way, De- Derek Mason's running late today, so we'll, yeah, we'll get to him. No, another reason I'm going to beat him up. Well, I don't even know. He might not even post. We'll oh, find okay. out because we got Morgan. Morgan well, Cox is supposed to be joining us. There's a lot of times he didn't post. Well. The best receiver in Ravens history. <laughs> That's the guy that you're going to go to yeah, war you're, with? Be careful. Who would you? Who would be the argument? Uh, we had a guy from the University of Maryland was pretty good. Yeah, that guy was good. I agree. And but we like, had Frank Sanders for four games. That's true. I forgot about old Frank. <laughs> had a hell of a day against uh, Seattle. Old Frank. Marcus no, Robbins, that's Marcus that's Robinson. Robinson. That's Marcus Robinson. Robinson. You're thinking Marcus of. Actually, Frank Sanders made How some How funny was it the one game, time but... you and I were sitting in the press box back when the station had two seats? And, um, <laughs> and, um, they were losing like twenty eight to six or something. And Kelly Washington caught that pass near midfield. And it he was, was like, doing, and he, he did the, this, the first this, down dance. Yeah. And you looked over at me and you're like, does, does he know that's twenty eight <laughs> to six that we're losing? It was a little bit much. It was a little bit much. Um, yeah, so I told, told me they were knocking out the press box. Did you hear? Oh, this? I was. I was told very clearly that, the, like, and that by the way, that's they're, been a, they're putting sky boxes. Yeah, there that's been a dirty secret for some time. Oh, okay, that that was always going to be. Part and they're of moving the, the press box into yeah. the corner. Yes. Yeah. Correct. That was always going to be part of the okay. plans. Um, but and by the way, Dick Cass kind of, I remember sitting coming in one day, and like somebody one of the visiting media being like, "Wow, I can't believe how how great of a view it was." And Dick Cass like saying, "Don't get used to it." Oh, okay. Like it, it has been. They have wanted to do that for a very long time. How was Stevie Nicks the other night? I didn't go. I wasn't there. I I, I, I didn't hear any like reports on her. Uh, well, a lot, a lot of people, people said, didn't make it in time to see Stevie oh Nicks because they were stuck in traffic. They didn't get there until she was done. So, oh, you know, it's what it is. By the way, uh, today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Coming up on October 28th at the Public Safety Building, their hiring event. Applicants can uh, take multiple parts of the hiring process, including the agility test, the written test, and um, you can apply right there on the spot, in fact. Plus, members of the specialized units will be in attendance. And in the afternoon, it's the second annual Trunk or Treat event, which is open to anyone in the community. It's a nice, safe way to get your kids out there in their costumes and getting some candy. If you want more information, 410-887-4584 or join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. Yeah, I told a very unfortunate story that is 100%. Yeah, you went to see Creed twice in one summer. Twice in one summer. That's okay. There's nothing wrong. I appreciate it. I like the fact that you manned up. I, uh, I like the girl. Oh, that's that's how you're gonna roll. Oh, with this? this is exactly. I like. I went gr- to see Duran Duran once. Yeah, for this very specific reason. I'm surprised that you don't like Duran Duran. Gr- you know what? I've seen. I don't even know. I've seen a hundred and. I mean, I've seen 
Springsteen 28 times. I've seen Rush 15. Mm-hmm. I've seen 150 concerts in my life. Mm-hmm. That, in that range. Mm-hmm. Duran Duran was one of the top five shows I've ever seen in my really? life. Really? They were just a They were. A now, ago. when I saw them, they were right, they legitimate. Were still, yeah, I get it. This girl drug me down there, and I... I I was blown away by how good they were. Like, I, blown away. For Mrs. Clark, the only shows that I've gone to specifically for her were... Uh, I went to the, the, When Garth Brooks came to Baltimore and played like five shows, I went to one of those. But I had a great time. That was awesome. I mean, I knew that was going to be a good time because Garth Brooks' songs are fun. Like, he's a performer. He's an entertainer. Yeah, sure. You're going to go have a good time. He's Jimmy Buffett with a good voice. I... I have seen Jimmy Buffett a bunch of times, but one of them, I always liked going when they were outdoors because it was fun, and even if like the music's sort of meh, you were right. going to have a good time. Right, sure. When he played the arena, she wanted me to go, and I was like, that's, no. Yeah, that's no That's fun. a terrible way to go right. to it. There's no yeah. tailgating. There's I no... can't see girls with their tops off. What exactly, am I go- right. What is the point what of What am I going? Place, right. right? Um, so I did that, and then this year, I took her to see Shania Twain. And okay. Like, don't get me wrong. Shania Twain's a hell of a performer. It just ain't for me. It is not my thing. I would have gone. And that one, would, I, I wish she would have. I tried to pass. I, when she asked for the tickets for Christmas, I assumed that she wanted to go with like a girlfriend. I thought that was a, a, a chick thing. Like you go to right. Shania Twain with your girlfriend. Yeah, right. It's like going to the little fair. Yeah, something like yeah, that. I'm not going with you. She was like, no, I want you to go. And I was like, what? Why go? Why not go with somebody who wants to be there? Like, why not ask your girlfriend if she wants to go? And nope, she absolutely wanted me. To I do Creed for a month before I listen to Man, David Ortiz talking about baseball. I went twice in one summer. I took a girl to see Creed and Hershey, who I was interested in, and she was not interested in me. And I watched her make out with another dude. And then on, the, I was 16 years old. I was on the way home, and I got pulled over. For, I love this for both making. An I love Ill, it. I made an illegal U-turn I in love Fullerton. And then I was driving after midnight, so I got tickets for both. Had to call it. my father. Had to call my father. You got arrested again? At tw- no, yeah, right. At 12.30 in the morning, I had to call my father, have him come, because they like literally were yeah, they, out. You're yeah. not. You don't get to drive now. Right. Somebody's got to come get you. So the cop's sitting there waiting with me. It's already. I haven't talked to the girl the entire time home because I'm petulant and mad about the fact. Punch her in the face, right? right? 100%. Or just threaten It was her. awful. Right. And then to try to get back at her, I started talking to her friend. And her friend's like, I want to go see Creed. You know who's coming to Merriweather this summer? Right. Creed. I said, yay! There's no chance Vanessa Carlton's opening, right? <laughs> it, if so. Well, I'm all in. Now I'm definitely I'm in. Now I'm in front row for I'm that. All in, baby. 10,000 Maniacs. Yeah, right. There's a three-person three free show, three-band show. I think it was Three Doors Down who opened Oh, that Creed. was it even was, better. Yeah, it was a hell of a Another show. Another talentless group. Are you hanging out? No, nah, I gotta go. All right, and Lucy's getting a braces. What on. do you want to plug? Um, have you seen the pregame and postgame shows on baseball? <laughs> True Sporting it's, a, it's it's unbelievable how good those guys are. Yeah, <laughs> really impressed by that crew. <laughs> really impressed. Gee, I don't even know why. G- I, this would be my question for Jeter. What What are you doing? What are we doing? Now, what are you doing yeah. for uh, even maybe for all of them? Like. Do you know how much money you made? Yeah, what? yeah that's a good point. For the ba- what are you doing? Football players didn't make as much. And you don't get these guys. T- Peyton Manning's like, I'll do it from my house. Right. <laughs> you want but, me to do I, something, that's guy, fine. Who's the guy on CBS that uh, uh, was a part-time player, but does a re- African-American guy, does a really Nate good Burleson? job? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a part-time player, uh, okay, but, but he wasn't I mean, a he's star. not going to the Hall of Fame, right. Yeah. I understand why he does it. Yeah. He, he gets a million dollars right. to go sit up there every – he makes as much as he did playing football. Uh, I get yeah. it. 
I totally get it. No, Alex Rodriguez and Derek what Jeter and doing? David Ortiz certainly do not need the money. And A-Rod, I would give A-Rod all the credit here. A-Rod, it seems to me, I could be wrong, A-Rod is a baseball junkie. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't use junkie with him. Yeah. The same sentence. But A-Rod a loves baseball. I, I believe I believe that. that. I believe that he likes I it. I think yeah. he's a... In the way that I'm a golf nerd, and I'll sit around here and talk golf with you all day, I think he would talk. If you bumped into him in the New York Hyatt and said, "Hey, Rob, what do you think about the playoffs?" He'd sit there with you for an hour and talk about baseball with you. Okay, I really believe that. Okay, I could buy that. I I, I understand why he's there. Well, I also think it's like he wanted to rehab his reputation, it, it, and this well, was all part. Maybe of it. it scratches an itch for him, though. But these other two goofs, what are you doing, Gee, Derek? What are you doing? Yeah, you don't care about any of this. What are we? We've seen the commercials. Yeah. Go home to her. All right. We know why Ortiz is there. He, he's not getting shot if he's there. But the other right. two. No, that's bad. Let's not do this. The other two. Come on, man. But I'm begging you. I, I won't watch it. we got to have a line somewhere. I won't watch it. Trewsmorningdish.com I won't watch the it. website. Unless it's just A-Rod without his shirt on. Well, then, of course. <laughs> or Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> but not Ortiz. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, jeez. Oh, man. All right, Drew Forrester, Drew's one edition. Used to watch highlights of himself. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Drew would always be jealous this, about the gift basket. Like, watch I, this play. I love one of those. Watch this play. <laughs> hey, watch this play I made. God. Yeah, jeez. All right, get, go. Get out of here. You sure we're done? Yeah, I, oh, we're definitely done. <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure I can come back next week. I. You know <laughs> what? That's Boy, that's a real shame, Drew. <laughs> It's gonna be a real bummer. When Johnny Depp said, um, "What he?" I'm not Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, um, Joaquin hell. Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix said yeah. something like, uh, "Maybe next time when I come back, I'll sing for you yeah. or something." <laughs> well, he was doing rap. Yeah, and he, he goes, was. "Next time I come, I'll I'll, I'll perform. I'll for perform you. for you." And David Letterman goes, "Yeah, somehow I don't think that's gonna happen." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll to, keep your name in our Rolodex. Come though. to your house and chew gum. All right, boys. See you, buddy. Drew <laughs> Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. I regret all of it. Uh, we'll come back in. I guess we're gonna have to. Sport, I guess we're gonna have to move Derek Mason. I don't know what's going on. Morgan Cox, however, is scheduled to join us. Super Bowl champion, unlike Derek Mason, as Drew pointed out, he's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, we'll chat with chat with him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. 
show, a partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Project Game Day returns this Sunday, a much earlier version of Project Game Day, probably somewhere in the range of 12.30. Hey, cool if it was even earlier than that. We could knock it all out, watch some football. That'd be great. Was it? Last week's went late. Last late. week's pushed the up to 1 o'clock. The one before was wrapped up by like noon. Yeah. Man, that would be, that would just be marvelous. Um, join myself, Rita, Femi, Ion, Bedejo, and a cast of characters all season long for Project Game Day. Pressboxonline.com slash game day, Facebook.com slash pressbox sports, YouTube.com slash pressboxonline. It's all brought to you by helpmygamblingproblem.org, AJ Michaels, and Superbook Sports. We will see you this Sunday for the next Project Game Day. So we're assuming at this point that we're going to chat with Derek Mason tomorrow. Yes, yes. All right. That is the case. I will forgive him this time, but never again. Last one, Mason. Um, not true at all. Of course, everybody knows Mason and I have been close for a number of years. Love Derek, and so we'll make that happen tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, you and I can go over Would You Rather Wednesday. Number one, would you rather have had it end the way that it did last night, swept with no drama, able to just do shtick for like seven innings, 
Everybody except Paul Valley. Oh, Paul. <laughs> I feel like that guy needs a hug, man. Oh. We gotta we gotta do something for old Paul. <laughs> he was not this was not a good scene. I know. Is it Paul. worth is it worth it for rough. him to watch games? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> he just seems like they're not gets, takes fun. it very personally. Um swept with no drama, get it over with, rip the band aid off, or gets back to game five and you lose in extra innings. I mean I I I understand I guess the argument you're making for uh you know why getting swept is better but I don't think uh, it does not feel it does not feel good so I would You're I would acting rather, like it feels good to lose in game What are you doing? I'd rather Did it feel I'd, good it, to lose in 16. I would like this to have gone a little bit longer and you know to have a little bit of hope I, Look, tonight, I can un- I can understand night, I can understand some of the arguments here. I can understand and by the way it's overwhelming your answer. And the the the, the, the like the esoteric argument is the well, you'd feel better about the team and the fight that they had shown, and you would think that they would have some value moving forward. I, I guess maybe you, you, I, I don't know. They fought back in 2012, forced a game five after they had trailed in that series. Yeah. Did, did that do anything for them in 2013? Well, they should have won. Um, it didn't. I mean, like this is the. I don't know that it means anything. It's a very difficult thing, right? I because like it be, I do like it being memorable. Yeah, we remember that 2012, but not for good reasons. We yeah, don't remember it because we have pleasant emotional feelings about it. We remember how furious we are about what happened. We rem- we still get pissed off about Zach Britton being in the bullpen. We still get. We don't remember it because it's, we remember it fondly. We have no fond memories of it whatsoever. Franchise defining moments, and then what? Yeah, like you know, like these are your memories are are Delvin Young. Your mem the things that you you care about. Zach Britton being in the you remember it, but you don't like remembering it. It makes you seethe. It's not pleasant to think back on it. I I I get it. I understand the arguments, but. Down the road, I would rather not have to think back about another thing that pisses me off. I would rather not have to think about another thing that, whereas, again, much like 20, I have no thought. I never in my life think about 2014. I don't at all think about that ALCS. It never comes up. And I think that's... I I couldn't remember any one thing about any one game in that series at this point because it just ended, and that's fine. It just ended. It's not fine. Well, I mean, I, I would rather it not have. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but these are my options. I got to choose one or the other. I'm I'm in a weird place with it, where I would honestly, if I know the ending isn't going to be good one way or the other, I would kind of rather just get it over with. I disagree. I would rather have a baseball game to watch tonight. I, I'll give you that. I wouldn't be on a 105.7 fan tonight. <laughs> Actually, I had, to, I had to bag doing. I feel bad. I had to cancel being over at Loyola tonight. Um, we had a soccer match, and I can't do it now because I got to be over at 105.7 the fan. Um. <laughs> I would I like I liked having this as comfort, but if I again if I was watching tonight knowing they were gonna lose on Friday, I, I don't know how much joy it would give me. I don't if I'm gonna Well you don't know, right? That's the No, if I'm told case, if I'm making you're, a you're choice, told, yes. You're told I'm before told, the series starts. It's one or the you're picking one or the other. I would still yeah, I would still want it to go five games and have something to root for for uh, a good solid week. Sure. Rather than, you know Number I mean two. then I'm not even watching if I would know you? they're getting swept. Okay. Well, yeah, you're not gonna watch tonight. I'm saying, like, we can go back to last night. You the, tell me on Friday, right? The like, first the inning. Way this is... No, no, in the first inning last night, I'm telling you, oh, okay. either it's over tonight or it's over on Friday. I'd say, who are you? And... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell is this? 
<laughs> if this is the magic you're capable of, it, why are you using it on this? <laughs> I thought I liked Can you better TV. better the world? All right, number two. Would you rather the Orioles make one free agent splash? It's not a starting pitcher. Would you rather it be Josh Hader or Cody Bellinger? Um, I mean, so the argument for Hader is you don't have a closer next year. Well, that's part of the argument, yes. Yeah. And But as I said, this year, like, even if you had a closer, good teams have multiple options of guys they can go to to shut down games. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I feel – dang, I, I – Honestly, I think it could go either way. I feel like there's not uh, – I feel like somebody – one, I feel like someone will emerge from the bullpen, whether that's Tyler Wells, they keep him in the bullpen, whether it's E.L. Hall, whether Yannir Cano becomes, you know, April, May, Yannir Cano again. Um, but I also – I'm like, where does Bellinger fit in, in all this? No, I mean, you'd, it, you'd he have, have, to, be mov- you'd have yeah. to be moving on from someone. Yeah, like Bellinger could play first base, I guess, and he mm-hmm. could um, – and I could obviously play anywhere in the outfield. But, like, that's just going to further slow down, like, Kerstad becoming an everyday player. Kobe Mayo's waiting. Like, I I, I, I think I'm going to lean hater just because you can always use more bullpen I think help. You're doing a, I think you're doing an interesting thing there. And, by the way, I might still go with hater, but I think you're doing an interesting thing there where this goes back to – this is why the offseason becomes interesting to me is that last year I could give pass to, well, you've got to get these guys here and see them and figure out what you have. But now – you know what you're capable of. And with not extending guys, your window is closing as much as it's opening on certain ends. I I don't know that you got another year in you of we just got to figure out what we have in Mayo, Kerstad, Kalzer before we can add anything, before we, like, you want 101 games. I I think you got to ramp it up. And to the point, I think the real question is, did any of, and this gets back to my third question, the third question, of course, being you got to move on from one veteran. Is it Cedric Mullins or Anthony Santander? Go ahead. Um, by the way, I, by, for the record, I think my answer is hater of the two, but it's more complicated to me. Go ahead. The old mill thing doesn't... Uh, no, that, doesn't that does not do anything for me. <laughs> um, I, 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 Cedric is, you know, because the... the, the the heights of Cedric Mullins are so high. Um, and then we can see how low the lows are. Like, Santander is definitely more consistent as Steadier, a Steadier, sure. Yeah. Steadier. Um, I think it would just come down to whoever has more value, I think, at this point. Like, I don't want to move on from either, but I also, you, you have know. You to pick one. You right, I know. Get to, yeah. I know, but I also recognize that, you know, this is probably the best thing that would be the best thing for the team to, to flip them for pitching. Um I would just go with whoever uh, has more trade value. I feel like Mullins would. I don't know, just because he's just because of the defense, and he can be a leadoff hitter. Um, so I would. I, I guess trade. I don't I, know. I, I this don't is know. by the way the awkward part about this conversation is it is probably the way to go about doing things, but I I think we are approaching this from the wrong perspective. Santander, because I just bought a Cedric Mullins jersey. Okay, so. there you go. I don't think you're using these guys to get your pitching, right? Like, and that's I'm I'm sort of being misleading. I don't think you're using these guys to get your pitching because I keep saying I don't know who the team is that's so loaded with pitching that what they're missing is a defensive center fielder or a good but not dominant bat. I think you're using Norby and Ortiz right. to get your pitching, and then perhaps turning around and using 
these guys to then fortify your farm system, which if Norby and Ortiz are gone, Jackson Holiday is at the major league level, Heston Kerstad, Kelton Kowser, Jordan Westberg are all at the major league level, maybe even Kobe Mayo, all of a sudden you're looking around and saying, well, this is not the, you know, the crazy farm system that it was. This goes back to the, the raise concept, which is you're doing both things. Using what you have to get your pitching. There's a team somewhere that's not going to be very good but happens to have pitching. You, you use the talent that you have to try to go pluck those pitchers away from that team, and you give them younger talent, which makes more sense for them, while at the same time going to a team that could use one more bat or could use one more center fielder, and they're willing to, to trade from their organizational depth in order to do it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's 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 both things, but they kind of intertwine, right? Like you're taking two lines Maybe, maybe trade them both. I mean, I don't know. Well, it might ultimately be that when you look around, they have, but, but it's not a would-you-rather-Wednesday yeah. scenario. So I'll go Santander so I can so I can keep wearing my Mullins jersey with okay. him on the team. That's the, that's the reason. To me, the answer is Santander because of of everyone, I don't know anybody in the system that can play a defensive center field like Cedric Mullins can. Whereas I think that that some of the like Heston Kerstad and Kobe Mayo might be able to be as productive as Anthony Santander is. But there's one thing that Cedric Mullins does that I don't know that anybody else from top to bottom in this system. I guess Enrique Bradfield will have to find out at some point in the future, but we're not close to that. There's nobody that can do quite what Cedric Mullins does. So I'm going to be inclined, as bad as it was, and it was painful, I'm going to be inclined to try to go one more year and figure out if he can be the, the guy that he was to start this season instead of the guy that he was to end this season. Uh, number three, would you rather? Oh, no, that was number three. And number four, would you rather? You have to spend the entirety of this Saturday. 12 plus, I'd say 14 or so hours, something like that, watching the entire division series back, including all the pre-post game, everything it takes to fill up the time. Or you spend the entirety of Saturday at home doing paperwork while a constant, never-ending loop. And I want to make that abundantly clear. You go take a piss, Creed goes with you. You walk outside for a second, Creed goes with you. There's no conversations to be had because you would have to turn down the music in order to do that. You can't you can't also it's it's been come up. You don't get to be well, I would just watch football and have the sound nope. Nope. Do I get the check? Paperwork and Creed. Can I check the score of the football games? Uh, yeah, but only briefly. You so don't I get can, to be I invested like at all. You are spending your day I can doing... I Twitter, like, see a clip, you know. No. Traverse, nope. How, how does Traverse nope. Sanders score? Nope. Can't do that. Can't do that. Nope. How much is Maryland winning by? I nope. Can, none of that. Know. None of that. Paperwork and Creed. That's what your day is. I mean, I don't want to watch these games. I mean, I, so the only thing since I went to, uh, you know, game one and two... You, you could know. find yourself saying, hey, what did I miss, yeah. right? Like, yeah. what, like what, what do I not about? know what about? Because, about? yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I think I'm going to – I think I am going to lean that way. Mm. Um, but if, you know, if if I had been at home, I think uh, without a doubt I probably would have just had to deal with the creed and because and, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to – I wouldn't – I would not want to watch last night's game again. Um, so if, for me, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm just gonna, I'd, I'd rather watch the games over again mm-hmm. because I was at the first two, so you know, get to watch it from a different perspe- perspective. You do I have guess. that going for you, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> Griffin's like, could I could I do that and listen to Creed? What if I yeah. just want to spend my day hanging out with the guys from Creed? 
What if that was how I wanted to spend my time? I got uh, that was a really painful memory that I opened up last night, man. That was like everyone really appreciated painful. It, yeah. it was I, it, they. I, I couldn't I couldn't have so many people talking about Creed without me. Maybe that's the way the Rangers did it. They did it to to get me to yeah, open up about this. This is the funny thing. I've actually rekindled a friendship with the girl that was making out with the other guy. Like, congrats. For years, we we didn't really talk much. I, I have I have gotten to a place where I'm I'm comfortable again uh, with that. Uh, we ended up dating. That's the funny part. I I didn't give up on this. So it was all so yeah. So I I went to another all... Creed show with her friend. Then that ended, and then like I went back and barked at, at despite the fact that I had gone to this show and watched her make out with another dude. I still ended up. In fact, she ended up being my senior prom date. <laughs> So it all worked out. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah, something like that. And now you got and now all you got is a great story. I didn't story. have to go to another Creed show. That's the nice part. That was the end. I saw Creed twice in one summer, and that was the I end don't, of that. So Creed is that bad? I mean, I, oh, I don't have really any reference. I don't know. There's there's times where I hear a Creed song, and I'm like, nostalgic. Like, I have a moment set in because they were so ubiquitous at, in those days where I'm like, ah, this reminds me of, of a time. And then, no. No, I remember all over again no 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 this is hell this is just miserable continue to get me your responses uh gotten a bunch in uh at glenn clark radio on twitter and facebook.com slash glenn clark radio proctor said it came down to the pre and post game show too like drew did just watch the games it'd be okay but i gotta watch ortiz and jeter no i'm out and jeter's and jeter's 10 commercials it's weird it's weird that that's the part that uh, bothers no that's i mean i think that's you think that makes sense fair fair. enough fair enough um hey we will be back next tuesday night at mother's north grill in timonium for the next tyus bowser show tyus and a special guest will join us find out more pressboxonline.com if if it was like michael k and a rod i absolutely that's a good point yeah that would be rough that'd be rough uh, come join us next Tuesday night. Michael's North. Uh, not, did I say Michael's North? It's, of course not. It's Mother's North. You did the Michael K thing and yeah. that kind of. Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Come join us for the Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday night. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and AJ Michaels, PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Ravens Titans on Sunday in London. And as you guys know, I, our next guest, a favorite of mine, uh, we always joked, you, nobody, when you're a long snapper, you don't want anybody in town to know your name. But this guy actually managed to walk the tightrope of people in town knowing his name despite the fact it wasn't because they hated him. He is a Super Bowl champion and now the long snapper for the Tennessee Titans. He's our friend Morgan Cox, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Morgan, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, brother. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely, Glenn. Uh, great to be on. Dude, great to hear, yeah, hear you guys again. It's been too long, man. How is like? How's life? How's everything going with you, the family? Like, you know, I, I everything's I, everything's great, man. We're uh, we're you know, I grew up in Memphis and went to school in Knoxville, so Nashville's kind of been uh, it's it's been kind of a dream scenario. Have being around friends, and we've got our fourth kid on the way, so wow. we're pretty excited about that, dude, man. What, are you, comes what are you doing? You're like damn near my age. Why in the yeah. world would you still be doing this at this point? <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, I love it. Oh. You can't get away from it. Uh, Mrs. Clark and I had two and said, yeah, that's that's enough. We're good here. <laughs> that's more than enough. Trying to field another football team myself. Hey, bro, you know? I get it, man. I get it. Um, uh, Morgan, I, you know, I, I, I keep thinking about, like, how cool it is that, that you know, your re- relationship that you had with this city 
and with this franchise, and it's so unique, right, within the community of long. I bet you when you get together with other long snappers, they're all. Ha- I don't know right now at the moment. It's part because you know the, Nick got hurt. I don't know how many people in Baltimore can name the current long snapper on the team. <laughs> and yet you well, had this like really cool relationship with this city, and you were so like, how cool, how unique was that experience that you had here in Baltimore? Yeah, it was so special, and I I look back on um. I, I, you know, like I said, I, I pinch myself as to how privileged and how blessed I am to be uh, in this position. And um, I, I credit so much of it to the success that we had, success that Justin had and Sam had, um, that they kind of brought me along. And um, so I'm, I'm uh, Baltimore is a second home for me, and, and I'll always see it that way. Just so, so many special memories, so many special people there um, that I still stay in touch with. So love it there. That's cool, man. Um, you know, I... I... Do you know anything that rattles Justin? Like, do you know anything <laughs> in any moment I, that could possibly rattle that dude? I don't. I don't. And uh, and he's he's special in that way. And um, you know, we he's he's done some some amazing things that uh, even I look back and I'm just like, I can't believe we did that. But um, it was it's I'm so proud of him, and and uh, he he deserves every bit of recognition he gets, and the respect that he gets around the league is is um is second to none i mean um there, there's nobody that doesn't look at him as as being the best in the game and so he's d- deserving of that um from from all the things that he's done and um i imagine he, he will continue to do but you're telling me there's nothing that you're going to tell your guys this week like hey when he goes out there and lines up like say something about like like say opera sucks or something like that right like you're not going to do anything like that it's a Michael Jordan situation. You don't want to. You don't want to make that guy mad, you know, because then he's going to go, you know, uh, hang another NFL record on you. No, but uh, Justin is. He's he's a special talent, and um, and I'm proud to be a friend of his. Uh, I actually don't know. You, have you been back to London since the game uh, against the, the debacle against the Jaguars? <laughs> I have not. Uh, I've not been back to London uh, since then, and um, uh, yeah, I've been back. Have you have you talked to anybody with the team like, hey, here's here's some things that went wrong for us the last time we were there. Here's some things that maybe we need to try to do differently when we go this time in comparison to that time. Well, the the Titans have been over there multiple times, and okay. and, uh, and so we've. Uh, I, I know for myself, I'm I'm trying to uh, adjust the London time already. Oh, I've been up uh, for quite some time now, and really. Um, uh, this morning, just yeah, just you know, trying to be a pro and and uh, and and get my body ready for the time change. Um, that way, when I get over there, it's there's um, and and we're doing things as a team uh, in the same way that um, you know, trying to get ready for the game. Uh, Morgan Cox is with us here in GCR. I asked this question. I know it's not relevant to you because you're not on this side, but like, can you look back on that day and say there were things we, or is it just football? Like that. Sun- it wouldn't have mattered where that game was played. That game could have been played right here, or, you know, in Jacksonville or in Nashville. And sometimes there are just football games that go that way, and it kind of didn't matter any of the things that happened in the build-up to it. You know, the, the saying, any given Sunday, it, uh, I hate to be cliche, but it, it truly is. I mean, everybody's a professional that steps in between those lines. And so, um, you know, it, it's just part of part of the game, you know, that you uh, you got to adapt to the conditions and – um, that day we weren't the better team. All right, that's the way it goes, right? That's the way it works. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that things change this week. I know you're not, so I understand that <laughs> entirely. Morgan Cox is with us here on GCR. Um, Morgan, I know that you're going to deflect this, but this is a genuine question I'm asking. You just made your fifth Pro Bowl last year. You've now been a Pro Bowler with two different franchises. 
Have you ever thought about where you might be on like the list of the greatest long snappers in football history? It is. It has never crossed my mind. I'm uh, honestly, Glenn. I'm I'm focused on uh, this next game, and heck, I'm like I told you. I'm I'm focused on tonight on what time my my bedtime is going to be tonight. So um, no, I I really do just uh, focus on you know what I can control, and I think that's that's helped me over the years. And, um, and, and so I, while I appreciate the compliment of just being in that, in that question, um, I certainly have not ever considered it and, and, and probably never will. I, I appreciate it. And I knew that's how you were going to answer it. Cause I know you. <laughs> and so I, I knew that, it, but like, I, I, can you understand why? Like I, it was a literal thought that I had, like, and I, and I mean that in a way that I don't want you to, to, to try to get in the place where you're blowing yourself up, but it, you got to have a moment where you think to yourself like, boy, this, this has gone so much better than I could have maybe even fathomed it was going to go, that I've been able to accomplish things that, that very few in my profession have ever been able to accomplish. Oh, I mean, Glenn, I, I, yeah, I mean, to pinch myself is, is the best way to put it. I, a, a few weeks ago at the beginning of the season, I, I retired my uh, my high school, retired my jersey. And, uh, I mean, if you had talked to, to me or to any of my teammates back in, Shoot, I'm I'm so old, 2003, 2004, um, before I graduated, that that I would be the one with a you know so far 14 year career. Um, they they would have said you're crazy. There's no way. Um, you know, but uh, I'm I'm truly honored and blessed to have traveled the road I have. And and the thing that means the most to me is the relationships. Like I said before, I've, I've you know I'm I'm friends with the the best kicker yeah. in the history of the National Football League and I've made some incredible relationships with people up in Baltimore Sam and Sam Cook and I still talk on a regular basis and uh Anthony Levine and I are uh are, are here together in Tennessee right. and still talk to uh Chris Horton and and coach Rossberg and and Randy often so um so it's great that um I I'm very again appreciative of my career but the thing that means the most to me is the relationships that I've that I've gotten to uh, uh, cultivate over the years. By the way, I so Levine pulled a trick on me. By the way, bro, like the, the day <laughs> the day the season ended a couple of years ago, I, he called. He was gonna come on the show, and I was like, "Hey, man, have you thought at all about your future? Like, are you gonna be around?" And he's sort of like, I could hear almost a smile, like a ride, like laughing. Mm-hmm. He was like. No, dude, what are you talking about? The next day he announced his retirement. The next yep. day. He said, yep. And I text him, like, bro, what, the, the, best, yeah, what the hell, man? He's like, dude, I can't. Mm-hmm. He thought I knew. He thought that I had yeah. somehow gotten stolen some information. Um, mm-hmm. how, how cool has that been? And do you see him, like, progressing towards I, – I, I remember talking to him about it at first, and he was like, I don't know about this, but the more I talk to people – I get the sense that he could be like a a legitimate head coach at some point in the future. That he's got that in him. Yeah, he's he's uh, such a presence around this locker room, and you know, he, you know, even though he's he's only been here for a short time, I've been here for a short time, but you know, he's he's been here for a short time, and you can just tell the respect that he um, has garnered from young players that that are just want to learn from him, and so um, I'm excited to see where his career is going to go in terms of coaching. Um, you know, he was so great at his craft when he was in the league. And I don't, I don't think that, uh, I think that translates into, you know, the, the coaching career as well. I mean, he approaches everything to be the best at it. And, uh, you know, he wants those around him to be at their best as well. And so that, that speaks to the culture that we had in Baltimore and it, and it speaks to his personality as well, that um, it's, it's about the team. It's about the people that are, that are around him that he wants to lift up. Do you still go out for burgers on Fridays? 
<laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't been out for the burgers with uh, with with three kids uh, and fourth on the way. It's yeah. uh, a little different home situation. You know what I mean? All right, fair. And, and and it was it was like the three of you. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, was it was it was, a, it was yeah. a shared thing. No one ever ended up like stalking you guys out um, on Fridays, <laughs> did they? They knew they they knew our order. Uh, we 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 would walk in the door and uh, and I, I unfortunately don't remember the waitress's name, but uh, I mean we were. She, we did, they didn't even give us menus uh, right there at that Red Robin. They, they just uh, dropped our burgers off a couple minutes after we walked in, and and we were out, um, you know, within 45 minutes to an hour or so, just after we got done. I'll have you know that even when I wrote the story about it, I never said it was Red Robin because I was trying to protect uh, you guys that's right. from getting a that's crowd right. on Friday. Yeah, it's it's fair it, to say now. It, you know, it, now yeah, now it's over, right? Yeah. It was it was the fried egg, right? That was the bit that you guys got the burger with the fried egg on. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it um. Red Robin, uh, uh, dear place in our hearts. That's so wild, man. That is so wild. And Sam, Sam was like, "Dude, it's not a superstition. I just like burgers." That's right. That's right. That's right. We're not. We're not superstitious. We're just, just a little, little stitious. stitious. You know? Exactly right. Exactly right. Hey, it was working to quote, for you to guys. Quote Wink Martindale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely. Um. All right. So I saw this picture of you on Twitter signing. Oh boy. Somebody. Handed you an Alabama shirt to sign, and you signed it. Go Vols, really? I, I warned him. I warned the kid. I was like, I can't sign that. I went to UT, and he was like, I don't care. I don't care. I want it. I want you to sign it. And I was like, Okay. I'm just warning you. I went to University of Tennessee. I'm go- I'm not gonna, you know, just leave my signature on here. And so, uh, you know, I I signed it, and uh, Jim Wyatt was right right next to me, and uh, he captured the moment. It was pretty funny. That's tremendous. That is absolutely tremendous. Could you tell? Okay, did, 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 was it just a situation? This is all I have. So like, I, I want you to sign something. This is all I have. Here's what I've got. Or were they trying he, he, to troll you? Yeah, I you know I didn't get the sense he was trying to troll me, but you know I mean it's Alabama. Anything goes. That's you know it's Alabama, Tennessee, third Saturday of October. So uh, anything goes when it comes to that. But um, no, he had. I feel like he had some some other stuff, and that's that's what he wanted signed. So I said okay, but I gave him the I gave him the disclaimer. I mean, you know what, man? I can't. If, if that's what you said, you, you put it all out there. There's, I, I can, I get it. It's gonna be awkward. Somebody yeah. else will be like, "Dude, did you really just sign that the Alabama shirt?" Like, <laughs> he did, but, um, have, but have you started petitioning Justin yet to be his presenter for the Hall of Fame? <laughs> uh, as I've told him many times, I just, I just want an invite. That yeah. that would be, um, that would be an honor for me to be able to sit in the crowd with him. So. Uh, I definitely have not. Um, there are many deserving people of that, and Justin, uh, without a doubt, will be there one day. So, um, like I said, I just want to be in the audience. Uh, it'll be a special time to have everybody back together for that. But before that, obviously, it'll be a special day on Sunday for you guys to catch up before the game. Uh, Morgan Cox, is there anything? I, I, you know, now with four kids on the way, do you have to? I, is there something I can plug for you? Is there anything else you're doing <laughs> besides snapping footballs no, and making babies? No, man. <laughs> That's about all there is these days. So no, all's good, and um, man, it's great to hear you hear from you. And uh, yeah, look forward to looking forward to Sunday, dude. Love you. Always appreciate you, man. You've always been great with us over the years. Even even after the first time ever approaching, you're like, bro, I don't think anybody wants to hear from the long snap. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. You're you're the best. Really happy for you. Can't lie and tell you we're rooting for you on Sunday, but you know how this goes. <laughs> always always rooting for you, dude. Uh, may uh, may success continue to come your way and best to your family as well. Thank you for taking the time for us. Appreciate it, Glenn. You too, man. It's the great Morgan Cox.
And I'm not kidding about that. I, I, I couldn't possibly tell you. I don't know how the long snapper community and, and who keeps track of these things, but there's got to be an argument that he's in the conversation. He's a six-time Pro Bowler. And at one point, I think when his career began, they didn't even do Pro Bowl long snappers. They just let like whoever the kicker was bring their own yeah. long snapper to the Pro Bowl. So it might be that he would have been more than that if they had started doing Pro Bowl long snappers at the beginning of his career. And I know, like, there's no, I can't, when I suggest this, I don't have any reference for it because I can, the only long snappers I could ever name are the long snappers that played for the Ravens. Yes, Griffin, the current one is Tyler Ott. Yeah, Tyler Ott. Who well, replaced the my, injured Nick. Yeah. He was on your what? He was on my fringe, uh, my fringe like fantasy Ravens team, basically. What? Do we do a me and my friend we do a preseason thing where we're trying to guess the guys that are on the oh, outs the... that are going to make the team. Okay, so you so had to keep saying the name over and over again because the long snapper was going to make the team. Yeah. Um, I can name Nick Moore. I can name, of course, uh, Mac Tula. I can name Joe Maise was the long snapper once upon a time here in Baltimore. These are before Morgan Cox? Yeah, these are the ones before gotcha. Morgan Cox. At one point, Morgan got hurt late in the season, and they had to go with a guy named Patrick Scales. I don't know what happened to him, but I do remember that fella. That was a person uh, that was on the team when Morgan got hurt. And... It's a, it's a skill. Well, you know, I can name, the other long snappers I can name are... Um, Joe Cardona, who was uh, at Navy and then was the long snapper for the right. Patriots for years, yes. but I only know that because of Navy. And John Condo, who was at Maryland, ended up being a long snapper for the Raiders for years. So I can name two other long snappers. I have no idea who else. Yeah, I don't think I can name. Any. I feel like there was a long Cardona. S- yeah. And then I feel like there was a long snapper who had a terrible snap on a playoff field goal for the 49ers against the Giants years ago, or maybe against the. I don't know who it was against. But there was a bot. He like came in off the street, and I feel like we had him on the show at some point because he was like calling a national radio broadcast of a Ravens game, and I was looking him up like, who is this guy? And I found out he was a long snapper. I'm like, oh great! Like this is this is. And I was doing his history, and apparently, I think he spent like a training camp with the Ravens. And oh god, I I have a name that I think it is, but I don't want to just embarrass myself. You can't embarrass yourself. You were telling that Creed story. That's a great point. How could it be more embarrassing than that? You're not wrong. Oh, God. Dale Hellestray. Of course. But was he the guy? No, he was not the guy. Take it back. He wasn't the guy. He was a long snapper, though, and he did spend some time with the Ravens in 2002 when Joe Maise got hurt. So I put two stories together. I don't remember who the guy was that botched the long snap on the field goal for the 49ers. I've named, though... Eight long snappers, which I'm going to guess is about five more than anybody else could name. Don't know who the greatest one is of all time, but I think Morgan is in that conversation just based on what he's accomplished. Love that guy. Yeah, Brian, I know Joe Cardona. I just said it. Same time you were saying it. All right. Today's show also brought to you by this print issue of Pressbox. Only like days at this point left to get this print issue of Pressbox. Uh, the cover story about Lamar Jackson from Bo Smolka. Final chance. If you haven't gotten it yet, get it because it will be gone and it will be replaced by a new print issue next week uh, with a baseball theme. So make sure you get this now, this print issue of Pressbox. Also available uh, at uh, PressBoxOnline.com. You can read the entire issue there or go get to your neighborhood Royal Farms 
any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox in order to get it. All right, now let's switch back to baseball. Uh, obviously an unfortunate evening last night in an unfortunate series between the Orioles and Rangers, but it does not change the fact that it was a magical season. Joining us now to offer his sort of final thoughts on this year, always a pleasure to be joined by Orioles Hall of Famer, Baseball Warehouse, Field of Dreams, 105.7 The Fan. He is the ubiquitous Mr. Mike Bordick, and he's back with us here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn. That was tough, man. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Hey, Glenn. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ubiquitous, ubiquitous, huh? You yeah, think so? you're, every, you think you're everywhere, brother. Everywhere. You're everywhere, man. <laughs> you're killing it. You know that. You know that. I love it. I Mike. Love it. Well, having fun doing what I'm doing anyway. It was what happened over the course of the last three games, a story of a young team facing their first playoff spotlight and the moment being too bright for them, or was it just baseball that this could have been, you know, the Dodgers were seeing in a similar situation that sometimes for three days you just don't play your best and another team does? Well, I, I think there's a lot that can potentially go into this final answer um, about the Orioles postseason uh one thing that i think is is really interesting and and it's been talked about past few days um the fact that there's so much time off i think for these teams that are so good it's so hard for these players who are really built into the routine of a 162 game season um you know to have that much time off and i i truly believe it hurt the orioles i think they just had a hard time adjusting to that and kind of reigniting the flame that they had really all season long up until the last two games. And I only blame that on the fact that they clinched the uh, American league East. So there was a letdown there and they just weren't able to recapture that flame of, of confidence. But I'll tell you what, if anybody felt like I did, I felt that flame in every game. I just never felt like they were ever out of it. Even uh, as far behind they dropped on Sunday, I just felt like they were going to fight back. They did. Uh, they gave us a chance. And yesterday was a little different. You could kind of tell the end was there, especially after the marks that were made early by Texas. But, you know, it, it's just such a, a fun year. Um, and in my opinion, the, at least the second best team in baseball behind the Braves by the brand of baseball they played, mm. not because they had superstars, but because they played the best brand of baseball that's the part that i like it's really funny to me mike because when we shift the conversation to the future i i know how good of a team this was this year but i still don't know why it was so good of a team this year and i and i hope you understand what i'm saying like they won games and that's what they were good at was finding ways to win games they they didn't hit the most home runs and they weren't loaded with 300 hitters and they didn't have the best frontline starting pitching they were just good at winning games and i think that projects well for this team, but I, I also kind of feel like they have to improve in some areas in order to make that next jump to winning a World Series. Do you do you feel a little bit of that moving forward? No, no, absolutely, and I think they'll this this year will be a great guide. I, I, I believe this team overachieved. Yeah, I, I I believe that there are opportunities to uh, get better, and I think some of them stood out. Pitching is just a, a requirement. If you want to go far in the postseason, it's a necessity. They had, uh, you know, a very strong rotation all season long. But, you know, there were uh, hiccups along the way. They were able to recover, which was part of the uh, drama. And I think uh, the beauty of this team 
because of the setbacks that, that they all bounced back from and they just made it seem so fluid and seamless. Um, so, but yeah, you could tell that there were a couple things that we all wish we had. We all wish we had a Neil Valdi, uh, yeah. right? We yeah. all wish we had a Montgomery, a guy that was picked up at the trade deadline, because that's something that I think Mike Elias will learn from just, you know, um, now that we're in, in the winning mode, just the, you know, what you do at the trade deadline really matters. The fact point. that there were two pieces we picked up that didn't do anything for us. As a matter of fact, may have set us back. And, and fortunately, we were hang on, able to hang on and, and, and win the American League East. But it didn't set up well for the postseason um, with those two extra arms. Well, that's a great point. Um, it's unfortunate, and for his, and that's the the other part too, Mike. Is that like it's you sit back and you say Michael Elias deserves all the credit in the world, but the next phase of this is learning how to go from okay, the talent's here, there's a nucleus, there's a core, to you know now you got to take the next step. And unfortunately, to your point, the first couple of things that we have seen didn't go so well, and so that's got to be recalibrated this off season. Mike Bordick is with us uh, here on GCR. Mike, um, let me put a few things to you as we look forward, right? Gunnar Henderson, Jackson Holiday. we're presuming they're both going to be on this team on opening day. Well, we know Gunnar is. We're presuming that Jackson Holiday is a major leaguer to start the season. Even if he's not here to start the season, we're presuming it's not going to take very long for him to get here. So where would you want, if we're talking about Memorial Day weekend next year, where would you want each of those guys to have settled in at position-wise moving towards next year? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. I mean, I think Gunner's handled himself uh, extremely well, both at third base and shortstop, which is incredible. Gunner, um, I mean, not Gunner, but uh, Holiday, has he been playing second base in the minor leagues or has he no. been strictly playing shortstop? See, that's something I don't know. And he will need experience on the uh, right side of the infield if indeed they're thinking about moving him to second base. And that may be just enough of an opportunity to keep them down in the minor leagues just in case uh, so that they have, you know, another year of control um, over him. Now, that would be unfair if, if I, you know, because they did that with Adley to some degree. But um, I, I, I guess in my mind, I think Holiday would play short and, and he would slide over to third base because he could be one of those third basemen that kind of, ends up falling into like a Manny Machado, Brooks, I'm not going to say Brooks Robinson, but, you know, one of those elite third basemen. That, that's the kind of capabilities he has. He's just such an elite defender. Um, by the way, he's only played 20 games at second base um, this season. It, 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 it was okay. pretty clearly. I, ironically, he's played basically no third base whatsoever, so that's not a thought at all. Like, they have, they, you know, in fairness, though, I guess Manny never played third base either in the minor leagues. Um, right, right, right. But, but Jackson already played 98 at short this season. Okay. And just the fact that, you know, I love the fact that, that the Orioles are kind of going old school and looking more towards the middle of the diamond, you know, yeah. at shortstops to draft and go after because they they are considered more athletic and potentially could handle a, a move a little bit quicker uh, over to second base or even third base. And, you know, these guys are just really uh, good athletic infielders. So it probably wouldn't take Holiday that long. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think versatility seems to be the name of the game for the Orioles. At least it was this year. 
for a lot of these guys to have that ability and flexibility to move around. You know, Westberg can play second and third. Uh, Gunner can play short. and oh, Gunner could play anywhere on the baseball field, I'm, I'm sure. And I'm sure Holiday would be much in the same. Mike Bordick is with us here on GCR. Mike, you mentioned pitching, and I feel like that's where the conversation starts for everybody moving forward. That said, if you've got a full season of John Means and, you know, Grayson Rodriguez continues to ascend and Kyle Bradish backs up what he did this year, I think you're going to feel pretty good about those guys. Is it that you need to go get a, a number one, a top of the rotation, or you just need more, like, you can count on those guys, you need more guys that you can definitively count on and fill the rotation out otherwise with proven major league starters? Is it top end or depth to you that's the bigger priority going into the offseason? I think depth is a priority, and then I think, uh, you know, the trade deadline could potentially bring one of those uh, stud arms, right? Uh, But I think depth is, is definitely a priority, and I think, you know, Elias, has done a really good job uh, of scouring the minor leagues and, and internationally and finding, you know, arms that they feel like they can develop. And so I, I still don't think he's got to break the bank in that regard, but uh, it wouldn't hurt to get a couple guys that have had experience, you know, because they've got to look at bullpen arms too. Batista's not going to be here next year. Has anybody thought of that? Yep. This guy was an MVP candidate before he went down. That is a huge loss. And I only say, I say that because of experience. When, when, I, we played, uh, when I played in 1997, we had Randy Myers, who was the best closer in all of baseball that year. And it just rolled right through. We were wire to wire in 97. And then the next year, he was gone. And we tried uh, Mike Timlin, who forever had been a, a setup man, and we tried to slide him into the closer spot, and he flew like 10 saves in a row. And, and we never recovered. We never had stability at the back end of our bullpen, and we didn't find it for a long, long time. Uh, Batista we, locked We all remember another end. guy you tried in 98 that didn't go so well, too. <laughs> yeah, Mondo right, Benitez, right, right. of course, being the other guy. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, so it, it ain't that easy, right? So I think the Orioles were really lucky to have Batista – so they've got to find some arms that will hopefully. Would you, uh, Mike, would you be inclined find. to give Hall or Wells the the, the sh- like? The, does it need to be an outsider? Do you feel like you one of those two guys? Oh no, I, I love I like those guys too. Yeah. Well, well what's Wells going to be? Do we know what Wells is? I, I, we don't. I, it was going to be on one of the on the list of questions I had for you. Was yeah. would you I prioritize? Mean, the first him? half of the season, he was our best starter. Yeah. Argu- arguably, he had the best whip in all of baseball. The first half of a major league season. Right, and then all of a sudden he he went he became you know a closer or a bullpen piece at the end. So <clears throat> I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean he he offers that same kind of versatility, but he you know he's one of those guys too that could you know pitch a long time in the big leagues uh, with spot starts and work long relief uh, that kind of way. So I don't know there are there are a lot of options. Yeah, I do think they could use those guys at the back end. DL Hall was exceptional. Um, wow, was he electric? Yep. And and let's hope that he doesn't need a reset. Uh, you know, I think that was kind of a fun buzzword this summer um, because a lot of Orioles got reset and ended up <clears throat> doing a pretty nice job. And let's hope he doesn't need a reset 
next year. But, you know, they, you got to believe they're, they're going to go after arms. They're going to be looking at the right fit, somebody they have control over, somebody that will fit in with this clubhouse because chemistry also played a huge role uh, this season for the Orioles. And then I feel like it it would be easy to dismiss, and, and there's not an obvious place on the field where you say, hey, here's where we could upgrade, right? Like there's – you're looking at this group and saying we most for the most part we know what the group is going to be next year but is there an argument that they really could still try to find a way to add one more big bat into this lineup one more thumper and it again it's tough because there's no obvious place that you say you're, you're upgrading and you'd have to be moving on from someone in order to do it but it just sort of felt like particularly September and into October they, they really were one big swinger short of what they needed to be a more complete offense. Yeah, they, they lost a couple pieces offensively. And I'm not saying through injury, just fatigue, I think, caught up with some guys. Uh, Cedric Mullins was really, yeah. unfortunately, non-existent that last month of the season. Um, and some other guys kind of fought their way through. Listen, it's hard. It's a grueling year. Uh, every team had to kind of go through that. And you hope a couple guys get hot right at the right times. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough, right, for the Orioles. But, yeah, a bigger bat could have, you know, I think proved well. But but I thought I thought their offense was pretty good. And I think they have really good depth in the minor leagues. And I think that's probably the most intriguing thing with with the number of, you know, players that now have had experience at the major league level. And you know, which is quite a few that were down in the minor leagues, and guys are now going to get healthier. Um, does this open them up for more possible trade opportunities, right? Or does this open them up yep. to have a new look outfield next year? Because every outfielder we have right now is going to get a pretty substantial pay grade, I think, next year. So, um, yeah, or do they, do they move them? And now do we have Kowser and and Erstad and you know another young outfielder out there? So never know. There are some fun, I think, questions and <clears throat> how we all put it together um, is the fun part about it. But ultimately, it's up to Elias, and I, I hope and I th- I'm sure he does have a master plan. And to be honest with you, I think this year probably surprised him more than anybody. The success that the Orioles had. I don't think in his mind of minds that he built this team to hoist the trophy this year. I think it was probably set up for next year or the year after that. So it'll be fun to see how he builds off what he created this season. Much more fun to have these conversations after 101 win seasons. As disappointing as the last few days are, way more pleasant to be talking about this as we move into an offseason than a lot of the conversations we've had over the years, Mike. Way more pleasant to be doing this. All right. Yeah. Um, give me give me a rundown. What we can plug for you. Uh, you, you know, you know, we'll be checking in from time to time during the course of the oh, off season. So. But um, it might be a couple weeks before we do. So let's get a rundown. What all can we plug for you? Yeah. Well, this uh, weekend is going to be a blast because Jose Canseco, my former yeah. teammate. Um, yeah, uh, author and, uh, you know, a con- somewhat controversial uh, player. Yeah, Jose Canseco's coming in town with the baseball warehouse. We're going to have a home run derby event. He's going to put on a clinic as well. Check it out at thebaseballwarehouse.com. 
Um, the League of Dreams continues to do wonderful things. Uh, Leagueofdreams.com to see our next event. It's coming up in November up at Catonsville Community College. We're excited about that. So uh, all kinds of fun things on the horizon. And, uh, you know, uh, staying busy, out of trouble. And even though the Orioles aren't going to be in the postseason run, I'm still going to enjoy watching the rest of uh, this postseason because it's been a lot of fun, and I don't want baseball to end right, right now. The Phillies Braves series is crazy, man. That is, <laughs> I know, I that agree. is bonkers, dude. Uh, yep. Mike, you know, I truly always appreciate you, and this goes back years upon years now, decades at this point. Um, you've always been good <laughs> to us, and uh, I always love our conversations. Uh, we will be in touch. That's a promise, and appreciate you doing this this morning as always. Well, sounds good, and I'll hold you to that. I appreciate that. Sounds good, Thanks brother. for having me. Mike Bordick with us here on uh, GCR. I, these I don't have. I'm gonna need time. Part of it is we're just coming off, you know, the disappointment of thinking that this was gonna be a deep playoff run and there was no run whatsoever. So I'm gonna need time to think about what my focus is. A lot of people are bringing up when we talk about like Santander. We're talking about guys that could be arbitration could be in the ten million dollar range, and the Orioles don't like doing that. So I'd be banking on them moving at least one outfielder. Somebody who was trying to cheat and Would You Rather Wednesday was like, well, for me it would be Hayes. I didn't ask that. <laughs> and almost purposely I left Hayes out of the equation because I do feel like Hayes is sort of the, like, I, I don't know why because he's a good baseball player, but he doesn't do great any. Defender, like, he is yeah. a great defender, but at a position that you don't know that you need a great defender at. At Camden Yards, I might I, be, I hear the argument, yeah. but somebody would also I'm, say, "Well, you I'm got you. you've got more room for an average defender to track down a ball." I would agree that like you need yes, you need somebody who can cover guy. that ground. Um, I don't think you're running Anthony Santander out to left field ever again. Like I don't think that. As as much as his arm is quality and he's not his glove is pretty quality. You know, he's to, not a he's not yeah. a bad defender at all. I just don't think he covers the ground anymore that you need to have covered from a left fielder. So it's a it's an it's an interesting conversation, right? And by the way, Hayes played a solid center field when Mullins was out. He just isn't a high level. He isn't a game changing defensive center fielder. He's a very good defensive left fielder. He was a you know capable defensive center fielder. But it's all, they're all in the equation. This obviously extends far beyond Would You Rather Wednesday. Like, the, the Orioles have to make, m to the point, multiple decisions. Because, and it's a good problem to have to have all of these guys that are all major league ready. The easy thing for us to say is, well, you've got to trade Norby and Ortiz. You have no choice any longer. You should have done it at the deadline, right? Like, you should have aimed higher for starting pitching and been willing to pull the trigger by using higher quality prospects in order to get it done and they might say back to you we tried it just didn't work but at some point you're gonna have to you can't just leave this sitting around forever and say well maybe there's an injury next year and we'll feel better about ourselves if you want to hold on to one of them as injury insurance or as you know a, a rotational piece that's all well and good but you, both of them can't be here and not playing at the major league level that you're shooting yourself in the foot and then at that point, you'd be moving on from Mateo or Arias. And I'm not, that's not the end of the world to me, but I do think that Mateo has a role. I think he proved he can hit left-handers good enough that he can be a utility player that can play against left-handed pitching 
and can still offer you something on the back end as a um, pinch runner, pinch runner and, and defensive replacement. So I don't think you need it to be Ortiz or Norby. I think did they ever put Mateo in the outfield this year? They, they did tried, once, right? Yeah, they yeah, tried like at the end of games. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and by the way, that goes into the equation. Like, if in an emergency you were to lose somebody, you needed somebody to run around. Mateo, you feel like could do it if you had to. You wouldn't want him to be for a week mm-hmm. your your backup center fielder, but in an emergency you could do it. But that's easy to say that. It's not easy to say you're definitively moving on from Cedric Mullins because Colton Kowser is your center fielder moving forward. You like things about Colton Kowser, but for a team that wants to win next year, do we have... It's hard to... It's way easier to do if you were a bad baseball team. If you were a bad baseball team, if this was two years ago and Colton Kowser was ready and Cedric Mullins was coming off a disappointing stretch at the end of the season, it's way easier to say next year Colton Kowser's the center fielder. But you're good. And you know that part of the reason why you were good was because Cedric Mullins played brilliant outfield defense for you. Brilliant. So... Is there any argument, like, what the D-backs did with Corbin Carroll kind of... I guess he I guess he came up at the end of last year, right? And he showed... Yeah, they, pay, they, they went ahead and paid him. They went ahead and, and paid him. They almost, I don't know, I feel like they did kind of go all in and with this rookie as kind of the leader of the team, and it did pay off big time. But but it's a little bit different. Like, everybody would say, that's what you should have done with Gunnar Henderson, right? right like, right. you had that opportunity. You had your Corbin Carroll. I don't think Colton Kowser is Corbin Carroll. Now, maybe he would, you know, like, God, that would be <laughs> manna from heaven. Glory be, right? But in the moment, it's tough. Also, I don't think the Diamondbacks had reason to think they were going to be good. This good, yeah. You know, like could they thought they were ready? Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think the Diamondbacks were there, and that made it easier to do. The Orioles are here; they won 101 games. It's tough to not be confident that you're progressing with the decisions that you make. That there be any danger that you regress at all. Like that's tough to do. You might have to do it, and eventually you're gonna have to do it somewhere. You, You can't just bring back everybody. Unless you're committing to these guys long term, like you, you can't just have them all. Somebody's gonna have to go. I, I lean towards Santander being the guy that fetches you the best prospects of that. Maybe Hayes is that guy. I don't know. It's very du- it's very tough, man. But um. somebody's gonna have to go. How old is uh, Mullins? He's third. Third, 29, 28. 28, right? Didn't we figure that out? He's Santander's 28. He turns 29 in a week. Cedric Mullins is 29. I guess he must have just he turned 29 in, uh, yeah, uh, 10 days ago. They're all 20. Austin Hayes is 28. Mullins just turned 29. So it doesn't really Santander's, help you in this. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't. Mike's point was like, could they all be gone? Well, I don't think they're all going to be gone, but... I, I get what he's saying. If it makes the team better, it's like... Right? Know. Like, if next year you say, well, we want Kerstad, Kowser, and, you know, whoever else. Maybe right. in, in your world, you're like, we're going to solve our, you know, Mayo-O'Hearn problem by... Mountcastle problem by having left field be whoever's not playing first base that day. Or it's the play... Or it's one of these is the area where you see an opportunity to upgrade. Like, one of these is... We're going to sign Cody Bellinger 
and yeah. let him be our left fielder moving forward. So all of a sudden, you've got an outfielder, Kowser, Kerstad, and Bellinger, and you move on from all of them. Now, I don't that think that's... extremely left-hitting uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, you can't really do that. I understand what you're... You really can't yeah. do that. Like, that's not an option. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like, right. I don't... Right. I, I get what Mike's saying, is that it might look drastically different. You're going to have to do something. You can't just continue to spin wheels here. you got to figure out what you're committed to, who you think is a part of this, and who you think is more helpful to you to acquire assets. And if you think that both Santander and Hayes can get you better assets, then maybe you're moving both of them this offseason. And now you got spots and you need to upgrade, right? Like you do have to do all of these things at once. But it's complicated, man. It is not there are not easy decisions to be made. Would have been nice if They've won the World Series, and <laughs> who cares what they do at that point? Better get back. God. You want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Uh, yeah, second chance uh, drawing drum that they got. So if luck wasn't on your side on a recent say so you bet, bet the Orioles to win the yeah, series, you bet the Orioles win the series, won the World Series, won a little bit more. Who knows? Uh, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, they have the answer. You can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now. And January 4th, 2024, all live casino in Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from live casino in Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, and cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondale Mills must be 21 to play. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tidbit and Tubular next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. 
For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, Stan the Fan Charles will be chatting with Tyson Rementer, who is the cross-country course builder for the Maryland Five Star, which is just around the corner. You won't want to miss that. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports to watch it live. If you miss it live, you can see it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan the Fan Charles and Tyson Rementer, cross-country course builder for the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill. Still going to be a great fall. I know we're all disappointed. I know we're all bummed, but still a lot going on. It's just tough. It's very, very tough right now to be thinking about anything other than the disappointment. And it's like it's just because it ends so quickly. Like we're all ramped up. We'd all spent our money on playoff tickets. I canceled a trip to Las Vegas. That's on you, pal. No, it's not. It's on the Orioles. Oh, okay. All right. They well, screwed it all up. It's on the Orioles. God. Yeah, Aaron uh, Oster was like, "Yeah, that's that. You know, that's the reason why the Orioles lost, right?" I'm like, "Go f yourself, despite you. Go f yourself." All right, um, let's go ahead and get a tidbit. Is there anything that we needed to cover? I mean, the, the, I, I don't even know what else happened in the world of sports. We've the been Ravens so, are practicing like, in London. I, I saw that they held a team meeting yesterday. Apparently, uh, uh, they held a 45 minute team meeting to discuss things. I have no idea how to react to that. Good. Hopefully, hopefully. It means something. But th- we don't have any data on whether team meetings ever lead to anything. So all we know is that they did it. They held a team meeting after what happened against the Steelers, and they got to work. I do kind of appreciate how honest John Harbaugh has been about, like, dude, we are doing everything we're doing with this London trip 
because of what happened the last time. Just not even trying to hide it. Like, we, everything was such a disaster the last time that we just said, whatever we did the last time, do the opposite this time. They're eating dinner for breakfast. You know, like, we're doing, I don't think they're doing that. But I kind of appreciate it because it's sort of what we would feel in those situations as humans. Like, well, the last time we tried this, it was an unmitigated disaster. So everything different. And that's what the Baltimore Ravens are doing in London this week as they get ready for the Titans. All right, Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department coming up Saturday, October 28th. Safe opportunity for you to bring your kids out, get some candy, get them in their costumes, have fun, trunk or treat, hosted by the Baltimore County Police Department at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. And on top of that, if you've been thinking about your dead-end path within your own career, you wanted a change. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Competitive salaries, great signing bonuses. Maybe you know a kid who has struggled out of high school or out of college to launch, doesn't have a direction. Bring him out to this event. It's not formal. It's relaxed environment. Ask questions. If you know that you want to consider that path, then you can do everything right there. Written test, agility test, application process, all of it. But if you just have questions, it's a great opportunity for you to get those questions answered about what things might look like for you if you join the Baltimore County Police Department. It's Saturday, October 28th, Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, hiring event and trunk or treat with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more, joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Call 410-887-5542. The American League East, they went 0-7 in the postseason this I also year. hadn't thought about what the Orioles' losing streak now is in playoff games yeah. because you have to add in the fact that they lost in 16 and they got swept in 14. So eight. Seven. Mm. Oh, wait. Wait, no, yes, eight. Sorry, eight. yes. Yeah. Eight straight losses in the postseason for the Orioles. Um, yes, that better not be a thing. Um, and did, did, the, did the AL East also not win a game in last year's postseason? Did I see that, like... That maybe they've lost, um, or did somebody did get swept year? last year? No, I got to. I think somebody won because the stat I have here, uh, according to uh, ESPN stats and info, the last time yeah, the, the Yankees American got League... swept by the Astros, so the AL East is 0 for their last 11. Got oh, okay. Because the Yankees okay. did win the series against Cleveland, right? Okay. But then they turned around and got swept in the ALCS by the Astros, so the AL East is 0 for their last 11 postseason games. Mm. Yeah, not great. Last time the American League East was swept in a postseason altogether was 1990 when the Red Sox were the only team yeah, that I was made the playoffs. Say, yeah, in, in 90 they just went right to the LCS. Oh, and seven. Uh, that mark is the worst by a by any division in a single postseason. Seven not, losses not without surprising. a win. Again, in remember the, LCS it, era. The, the division series didn't start until like 95. Yeah. I want to say was the first division series. Was. Well, 94 there was no playoffs because they had oh, a strike. Right. Okay. So I think it was 95. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the best record by a five-team MLB division in history is the American League East this season. They went 449 and 361, 554 winning percentage yeah. as a division. Most losses without a win. By and a with an unbalanced division. schedule. So they weren't just beating each other up. Yeah. They were beating up the other divisions. Which I guess is the reason why they were so... Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, American League East 0-7. Worst that we've ever seen, really, by a one division in playoff history. The Orioles, uh, this came from Sarah Langs and Jason Stark on Twitter. Uh, the Orioles, they I went the entire that. season without getting swept, obviously. 
and then they get back to October. I, by the way, that thing that we will still be talking about that next year because they will not count a postseason, oh, postseason sweep, sweep. Mm. as a series sweep. Hmm. They will. It'll still be discussed, despite the fact they were swept in a postseason series. Um, only one other team has ever done that, gone the entire regular season uh, without getting swept. It was the – you saw this? Uh, Giants? Is that who it was? No, it wasn't the Giants. Who was it? I it did see it. I don't remember. The 1998 Padres, uh, yeah. who were managed by – Bruce Bochy, Bruce right. Bochy. That's exactly what it was. Yes. And then they lost to the Yankees in the World mm-hmm. Series. They were swept. Uh, Christian Javier of the Astros will move on. to Other other teams are still playing in the postseason. Yep. Christian Javier, uh, I mean, he appears to, appears to be just as good as Nathan Eovaldi in his three. Are you going to need a break? Like, do you need to – to? I, I feel like I am not excited about the idea of watching baseball today. Like, um, I, yeah, today I don't think – yeah, I, today I, I don't really – I think that I'll be back. I mean – but I I'll turn it on, I and that's know. the thing too. There's not really another option. Although yeah. I'll be on the radio tonight, so I I imagine it'll be on the TVs in the studio. Yeah. I would it. In, well, you can tell Caleb just turn it off. Well, in in my world, no joke. If I was just at home, I would have the WNBA final game on. That's what I would. That's what I would spend my time palette with cleansing. tonight. It'd be a nice palate cleanser. I'd be some midweek football. I don't have any football. investment in it um, because there's nobody on either like Vegas or New York that I. Like I like them as players, you know what I mean. Like I love yeah. um, Kelsey Plum as a player is great. Obviously, Asia Wilson, Jesus Christ, I mean she's ridiculous. Jackie Young's been a stud. Um, Candace Park, I you know the funny thing is I've always dug Candace Parker. I've always loved Candace Parker, but she's not playing. Um, and then what's her face got hurt, so I have nobody to root for in New York. Um, Alyssa Thomas, right? Like I have no one to. Yeah. Um. Well, she was on Connecticut. It was Connecticut. Who yeah. was in New York then? Uh, That's right. Melissa Thomas was Connecticut. Who am I thinking of? Uh, who was on New I, York? I I is on New York, right? She is, yes. But she's not hers. John eh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not yeah. paying close. This is on me because I've been paying close attention to baseball. Brianna Stewart's on the on. on Brianna New York. Stewart for sure is in New York, and um, is Vandersloot there? Yes, Vandersloot is. Yeah, there. Courtney Vandersloot's she's there. Been forever. Dude, Courtney Vandersloot kicks ass too. Yeah. What, weren't she and Parker together in Chicago, like when they won the title? It's nuts. Um, look, man, I'll I would I would choose to watch that tonight. Like yeah. that would be my if I wasn't doing a show and I was just at home and I could pick whatever I was going to watch. I would choose to watch the WNBA Finals just to give myself a a day to not think about baseball, and then I'll get back to baseball this weekend. Well, Christian Javier of the Astros has now allowed one hit or fewer in each of his first three career postseason starts. No other no other pitcher in baseball history has had three such starts over any three-game span in their uh, playoff career, and he's done this to, to to the start of his. So Christian Javier uh, seems to be a uh, seems to be built for uh, the postseason so far. Carlos Correa, this is my tidbit now. Carlos Correa on he didn't have an RBI yesterday, but on when was it? I guess Sunday night when they played. Um he had four RBIs, I think. That moved him into third all time or postseason RBIs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's actually a little surprising. Can you name all the guys? Let's do the, all the guys with fifty RBIs. All the guys or with more. 50. Correa is at sixty three. There are two with more than him. Okay. And I'm looking for the top one, two, three, four. I'll five, say six, eight, I'll see I'll say Ortiz. Uh Ortiz is on is in the top eight here. Sixty one. He is one of the fellows that Correa passed. I can't believe Carlos Correa has yeah. more postseason RBI than um, everyone. <laughs> man. How about um 
Because you would think they have to be modern just because of the number of playoff games. That would be a fair assumption. Okay. So... I, the thing is, you don't think of... Just because of opportunity, I'll say Jeter. Uh, Jeter is, in fact, in the top eight. Yeah. Yes. He had 61 as well. He's tied with Ortiz. So Correa passed both of them. Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams is number one. Shut up. Yeah. Is he really? Yes. 80 postseason RBIs for Bernie Williams. That no S. All time. Had a lot of opportunities, but damn, I would have not guessed that. Jesus. There's a there's a, a musical concept called playing for change. It's this like charity where they go get like street musicians and famous musicians to perform like songs together, and they make videos about it. And they have a version of Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone, which, as you learned from our show that we did with the Spiro, is one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. of all time. And it's got like Jack Johnson and um, okay, Keb Mo and Yo Yo Ma is involved, and Trombone Shorty is in it, and all these. And randomly they cut, and there's just Bernie Williams playing the electric guitar at one point. And I just don't hate. Bernie came on the show once, and I was like, I don't. I should hate you, but I don't hate you the way that I hate other Yankees of that era. I don't know why. Like I guess because he just wasn't shoved in our face as much as some of the other guys were from right. that era. I just don't hate Bernie like Williams. He was a good player, but it he was, was like, yeah, but they didn't treat him like he was more than he was. Like they didn't laughably make him a, a first ballot Hall of Famer or. You know, like Derek Jeter was a great player that gets treated like he's the greatest baseball player of all time. And the disparity between the reality of Derek Jeter and the way he was treated makes us hate him. Like, there's no way around it. Like, if they would just talk about Derek Jeter as the player that he... They did a seven-part documentary about him. Like he was Michael Jordan. Like, Derek Jeter's not even in the top five players of his era. He was a hell of a player, a deserving Hall of Famer. But... He was an average defensive player with no power. He was kind of Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> like, good player. I mean, if Dustin Pedroia had a longer career, right? You know what I mean? Like, if Dustin Pedroia played another few years, he's a better hitter than Dustin Pedroia, but not like a wildly better hitter than Dustin Pedroia. But they treat Derek Jeter like he's the greatest baseball player of a generation. And it's insanity. Like, it's just so separated from reality that you're forced to hate him. It's not his fault that that's how he was treated. But, like, it, it's the way that you feel about that. I was talking about this with Rita last night because she's like, some of this Dak Prescott stuff feels, feels personal. I'm like, you might be right, but it also feels like this is what happens when you force, fi- when you force right. mid upon us. When you, when you just say, you have to watch this all the time, and everyone knows it's mid. Like, you're going to get this reaction when you force something on me. That's the way the Jeter thing was. But Bernie Williams was never like that. Like, they just treated him like a good baseball player, which is what he was. And so I don't hate him the way that I hate other Yankees. God, i got to get back to this list. We're getting late. Um, Pedroia. Uh, Pedroia is not on the list. Not sure. How about Manny being Manny? No. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, when you said Manny, I oh, you thought Machado? Machado no. First. Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is second. Oh, wow. 78. He is two behind Bernie Williams. Uh, so 15 is uh, how many Correa is behind. That's until he gets close to the. Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones is not in the top eight here. Okay. Where's Chipper Jones at? I thought I saw him. Oh, yeah, there. 47. He is just outside. Pujols. Uh, Pujols is in the top eight. 54. 
career RBIs. I've got or postseason RBIs. I've got five. How many do I need to get? Ten. Um, you eight. You have eight? six because I gave you Correa. Okay, so, so we have two, two more. more. Is it another Yankee? Yes. It's another Jesus Christ. Alex Rodriguez. Sorry, no, it's not. It's I, not another yeah, Yankee. Yeah, why did I think he was a Yankee? Is it another Red Sox? Uh no. Is it a Brave? Yes. Another Brave. Um Fred McGriff. Not Fred McGriff. Gary Sheffield. Not Gary Sheffield. David Justice. David Justice. Is in the he top was briefly a Yankee too, so Okay, I don't was, know if that's okay. who you're thinking of. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. You have one season. I, uh, is it another Brave? Uh, no. A Cardinal. Mm-mm. A Giant. Mm-mm. A Dodger. Mm. A Cub. Mm. Astro. Astro. Current Astro. Current Astro. Altuve. Altuve yeah. has fifty RBIs. He is eighth on this list. Bregman has forty-nine. He's ninth. All right. So he'll be the next to join the list. Yes. Very good. Very good. Tidbit was also brought to you today by. Your local Toyota dealer and buy a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buy a Toyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Tubular, brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. Ravens fans, you ready for the biggest game day party in Baltimore? Join us at Guilford Hall Brewery, Sunday, October 15th, this Sunday, for the official Ravens London game watch party. Getting started early with live music, bottomless mimosas, unlimited Guilford beer, Dunkin' coffee, and signature cocktails, plus games, kid zone, appearances from special guests, including Ravens legend Jimmy Smith, the Ravens cheerleaders, the marching Ravens band, and Poe. Going to be an awesome day. Doors open at 8 a.m., so rally your flock, and we will see you at Guilford Hall. The event is free to the public. All you can drink wristbands available for purchase. Get to guildfordhall.com for more information. That's going to be an awesome day. It really is going to be a lot of fun. That's the place to be for Sunday morning. All right, here's what's coming up uh, tonight, Totally Tubular. As I mentioned, WNBA Finals, Game 2. I'm I'm down, even if I forget who plays for who. My fault. Sorry, Alyssa Thomas. Love you. Uh, New York Liberty, Las Vegas Aces, Game 2, 9 o'clock. Oh, you know what? I'll be done with the radio show. Then I can still watch that tonight. I like that. It's on ESPN. Uh, the Braves, have they announced the starter yet for tonight? Mm-hmm. They were doing a weird bit where they didn't announce it tomorrow. We know Aaron Nola is going for the Phillies. That's the early game on TBS, 5 o'clock, game three of that series. And then the Diamondbacks. Will I'm seeing Bryce Elder. But is that official or is that just with um, fan graphs? Not, not, it's the MLB app is telling me. Okay, then that Bryce probably Elder means, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that probably means that they made it announced. So that'll be who starts for the Braves tonight against Aaron Nola. Yeah, indeed, it is official Bryce Nola, Bryce Elder. Dodgers Diamondbacks game three at nine, Lance Lynn and Brandon P. Fat or Fat or I don't know. But Fat. We gotta we gotta watch some Diamondbacks to figure out what that <laughs> guy's we? name is. We're gonna have to in the World Series. We will. Yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, Fox Sports One for Game Four as the Astros try to close out the Twins. Seven o'clock. Jose Urquidy and Joe Ryan. Everything else, just go to GlennClarkRadio.com. Find it there. Anything non-sports wise? Yeah, quite a bit actually. If you're trying to, okay. if you don't want to watch football, of course, Survivor on CBS. You mean is, baseball? Yeah, baseball. Yeah. Well, um, it is the NFL. I don't know why anybody would be all that man- angry about UTEP and Florida International. <laughs> I refuse. I'll never watch FIU ever again. I need a break. Uh, it is the NFL edition of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Jared Allen, Marcellus Wiley, and Rashad oh, Jennings. Okay. Sure. On Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. They can't even get, like, Reba's Jared Allen's a star. Yeah. They can't even get, like, star players to do Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. It is the season 14, it is the series finale of Archer 
on FXX. <coughs> yeah, a ten. Sad. Um, on Netflix, it is this documentary that I'm. I, I mean, I'm gonna watch. It's Big Vape: The Rise and Fall of Jewel. Okay. Documentary sure. series. Sure. I mean, this you're gonna hit your vape as you do it, or no? I'm gonna, I mean, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting so. to see this. Yeah, it's for you. Because this was, my, I mean, my when I was in high school, everyone. I'm sure. Everyone. Yeah. Had a Jewel and an Apple TV Messi Meets America series premiere. I think it's supposed to like follow yeah, like Messi's arrival. American, yeah. yeah, with Miami. Miami. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that it. Yeah, Very that good. Is it. Tubular was also brought to you today by Superbook. If you are thinking about betting anything tonight, let me just pull up them odds for this evening really quickly for uh, baseball. Baseball been very very good to me. Uh, the Braves, slight favorites. Wow. Um, that's weird. The Phillies. No, are, sorry. Yes, the Phillies. Yeah, I look. I read. I thought that said plus one twenty six on the other side. It is minus one twenty six. My fault. The Phillies are slight favorites. Um, the only the only road team that's favored is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are slight favorites against the Diamondbacks, despite I having lost. I get it though; like they're still looking at the rosters and saying, "But you know, were the Orioles? Um, were they dogs? at home? At, they were dogs. Yeah, yeah, they were dogs last yeah, night. Yeah, last oh, night, one hundred percent. They were dogs last night. Um, the Twins are favored at home to force a game five. You like any of those? Go to Superbook.com, the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. Take advantage of up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, with Superbook. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Morgan Cox. Thanks to Mike Bordick. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the oh my God, it's so good. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Derek Mason will join us tomorrow now. Yes, he will. Uh, Kenny Albert's going to join us tomorrow. He's got a new book out. I've been reading it. Um, lot of, if you were a Baltimore Skipjacks fan, this is <laughs> the book for you, baby. I have to tell Bruce That's Cunningham. How, Bruce Cunningham. Does he love the Skipjacks? Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that about him. Uh, Kenny Albert got his start in broadcasting mm. with the Baltimore Skip Jacksons. There's some great stories in there about his time with them and stuff. And thing. We'll do picks, obviously, yes. with KZ. Oh, uh, Derek Rackley will join us. Derek Rackley, who's calling uh, Ravens-Titans for Westwood One, will join us as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Guilford Hall Brewery, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go whoever. Duke sucks. <laughs>